0: Hi folks, due to Joe here on the Two Dudes One Double Feature Podcast. Before I get into the disclaimer, I just want to say that the second half of this episode will be talking about The Batman, the new movie with Robert Pattinson and all those people. Uh, just to let you all know that we will be we'll be taking a deep dive into spoiler territory with this one. We usually do spoilers with our episodes anyway, but this is a movie that's really new, so I don't feel comfortable putting this out there without giving you at least a fair warning. Thank you and enjoy the program. The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Two Dudes, One Double Feature.
1: Welcome, uh, welcome everyone to Two Dudes One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard, and I'm Dude Two, Joe. Today we have a last minute but very exciting episode for you guys. But before we jump into any of that, um, especially, and I mean this even more now because of our schedule change, how are you, Dude Two? <laughs> I th- no, I will say I feel like I've had more
0: updates lately, lately than than last time. Yeah. there there are reasons for that, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm doing okay. Just busy, you know, just a lot going on right now. Uh, though, you know, obviously I'm just in a constant state of busyness. But once the next few days pass, it'll be a lot better. Um, so there there is an end of sorts in sight, and as as, as far nice. as busy stuff not you know nothing else i'm yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah i'm okay mentally you know just <laughs> a little a little stressed but i am glad to be here today i've been, i've uh you know it makes these not that i didn't love recording every the show every week but it really makes makes this more like a special event at least for us i don't know about the listeners <laughs> <laughs> you know for anyone listening if they if they if they like it like this you know cool yeah um I did. I did see a. I saw. I've been watching more movies than I have lately. It's it's actually kind of strange because I've had some Letterbox mm-hmm. activity that isn't just like rewatching something. What was uh? What was one of those movies that you watched? Well, one of the or shows. I know you. You watch a lot of Perot. I do. I've been watching a lot of Perot. Uh, I watched uh, the Perot like holiday episode, which I think is one of my favorite ones. I saw that. You reviewed that that one's on yeah that one's really good. But aside from that, uh, West Side Story popped up on both HBO Max and Disney Plus. You had the opportunity to watch that as well. I know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we both really enjoyed it. Cried eight times. Wow, you counted. <laughs> it was it was one of the
1: few times I was like, wow, I'm I'm crying a lot more in this movie than than normal.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it was um it I it really exceeded my expectations. I mean. It's it's like I shouldn't doubt Steven Spielberg at this point, you know. But it's one of the remakes that sort of really does justify its own existence, pretty much.
1: Yeah, like there's just so many people, and you know, you can blame like maybe some of the movies he's made over the past you know few years. But um, the guy is Steven, like referred to as Steven Spielberg, the way he is for a reason. My dog is barking, so my parents are probably home. Mm but the guy is referred to as Steven Spielberg for a reason. You know, like you know, he he's made all these iconic films and, you know, yeah, like like it's it's like any of those other kind of directors like like Ridley Scott or Martin Scorsese where it's like yeah, like their their movies aren't events, but every now and then they are. Because they're just they just like the work. They just like making stuff. Yeah. You know, Steven Spielberg will make like Ready Player One or The Post and then he'll do West Side Story and he'll go all out on that one because mm-hmm. it's just he just likes doing it and and he's earned his place in the world of cinema so i don't like i get people maybe don't like all the movies he makes but i mean i'm glad he's still making them
0: yeah me too i mean it really it really goes to show you like like you a good movie can come from anywhere but also you got to know how to make a good movie and he knows how to do that yeah so you know, a good movie can come from anywhere. Blah blah blah. Um, it's pretty great, and especially uh, the cinematography in a lot of areas is just outstanding. Outstanding. I cannot emphasize this that enough. was pro
1: That was part of the reason I think I cried as often as I did. Just how good everything looked.
0: Yeah, that was incredible. Um, I also watched Belfast, which was which was re- which was pretty good. You know, pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. It was kind of all over the place. Obviously, it's a very personal movie for Kenneth Branagh. The cast is outstanding. Um, the whole cast is outstanding. Like, the core people are really just fantastic. And they're really the reason to see this thing. You know, um, nice to see Kieran Hines get nominated for an Oscar. He's so good. Mm. Judy Dench, I mean, uh, need I say more of the... Uh, uh, da- she's a dame. She, she's a dame. Like she's earned it. She's dame for a reason. The kid who plays Buddy is great. Um, everybody's great, even even the uh, Jamie Dornan is um, really good in the movie. Um, and then I saw another movie on HBO Max. I saw Drive My Car. Now, did you get to see this one? You didn't get to see this one yet, did you? No,
1: I haven't seen it, but I know what it is. I've I've been hearing more about it as you know, especially like right now because award stuff is going on.
0: Uh, yeah, it was it's fantastic. I'm not gonna say too much about it because. You know, it's not. It's it's quite at this level of parasite where like the less you know, the better. But I think it's just nice. It's like going cold. Going cold. There's a very basic premise. You could probably like read like a sentence of it. Like this lady drives this dude in a car. You know, but it, it's so much more than that. Obviously, it, it this probably would have made my mm-hmm. top three. It would have been my top five. Definitely my top five last year. Uh, if had I watched it. Right. You know, um, and I'm glad that it's on streaming because it was. It's been expanding in theaters throughout the country, but only a lot of them are like major cities or places that are just nowhere near me. So right. if there's one thing that like one, not the pandemic obviously as a whole is negative, but if there's one good thing that this, this has done is that made these movies a little more accessible for people to check them out. Um, cause I think about that with movies like nightmare alley, West side story, yeah. um, obviously, uh, drive my car where, you know, Maybe they didn't have, like, particularly those, those other two, which were put out by Disney at a bad time to put out movies, especially in the wake of Spider-Man, and it's just nice that they can find an audience on streaming, you know, so. Yeah. And I saw another movie, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway,
1: <laughs> you, how about That you? one, that one, that one, we could save earlier. Yeah. I've, you know what, it's, it's one of the few times that I can actually say I've, I've been relatively, like, excited about things. Mm. Like, you know, obviously I seem pretty dour a lot of the times in this part of the show in many respects, and I think it's justified. Sometimes maybe it's a bit too much, but that's just myself. A lot of cool stuff's been coming out. Like, we obviously we talked about West Side Story. I loved that. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Rachel Zegler, mm-hmm. who plays Maria. I want to see her in more stuff. Like, she was incredibly talented and so enchanting in the movie. Um, I, I I got the soundtrack, but mostly just so I can listen to her rendition of I Feel Pretty because it it just it makes me feel good (laughs) like it it makes me think of that damn bit from anger management Mm -hmm. where jack nicholson just kept having adam sandler sing i feel pretty if he wants to like get out of his anger mode and i'm like you know what it kind of (laughs) works (laughs) kind of works um no it was it was such a phenomenal movie and uh and on that note, like I've been, like I'm getting to a point now where I can finally watch all these movies that I've missed because I just don't feel comfortable going to the cinema. So like I watched, um, you know, a while ago, watched Nightmare Alley, very good movie. Watch West Side Story, um, and I watched the new Scream, Ooh. which I've been waiting to to watch that one. It was pretty solid. It, it uh, I am kind of mad though because uh, the the Twitter guy that I t- I don't know if I mentioned this, but like a guy on Twitter spoiled the ending for me. And there was a point that maybe it was potentially like, oh, maybe it didn't actually like. No, he, he, yeah, he spoiled it, and that sucked. That's awful. <laughs> so I, yeah, but I will, I will, I'll give credit to the movie for for playing on like the you know, who did or who didn't aspect of it very well, because like, like it, it made me question whether or not that was actually like the ending mm-hmm. of the movie. You know what I mean? Right. So and that comes from good writing. So uh tip of the hat to the to those guys. And and then in the world of video games, I mean, I've been playing Elden Ring like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um that sort of s- sucked my life up a little bit. Like I I love playing video games, but the worst part is when you when you step out of it after like especially playing it like straight through like a whole day and you real and then you just step out and you're like you feel like you've lost so much time. You're like so disoriented. I like, I don't know if you ever felt that way, but it's just like what?
0: Yeah, no, I I, I get that completely. It makes me think of Avatar, where like Jake Sully's coming out of the you know coming out of the Avatar yes. day, and he's just like, it's just really sweaty. Like, he's like, what? So disoriented. Like he said, yeah.
2: He's like, huh?
0: And it's such a weird thing, especially when you play
1: like an Elden Ring type game where it's like it's an open world and you're just kind of sucked into the world and you're trying to find all the secrets. Um, and I also been playing the new Horizon game Ooh. Uh, for Ben West, which that was one of the big reasons I really wanted to get a PlayStation Five, is because I wanted I liked the first game and I wanted to really give the PlayStation Five a workout with that one. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a fun game, but it's also one of the most gorgeous games I've ever played. And um, I also was was excited to see that Angela Bassett and Carrie Ann Moss play characters. <laughs> in the game because i looked at their fans like i recognize that like it's trinity (laughs) It's t'challa's mama yeah (laughs) it was so cool um but i've been playing those uh i revisited cyberpunk Mm -hmm. because uh they got a a a next gen upgrade patch is and it just it's gotten to a point where now it actually feels like how it should have felt when it came out so that was nice um so and then, of course, you know, something that we'll talk about later, I was excited to experience. Um, so it's, it's nice to finally, like, anticipate. Not that I wasn't anticipating things before. Like, you know, when we went to Disney, I was very much anticipating that. And I had a lot of fun going to Disney. And that was a, a massive bright spot in an otherwise kind of, you know, shitty two-year period that we're still in. Mm-hmm. Though it looks like potentially we might be getting to an endemic point, which is very nice. Um, so hopefully we can get to that. But it's just, it's just nice for once to, to smile, you know what I mean? Yeah. And not, like, force yourself. Not like, you know, the TikToker's like, Smile in the morning. Your day will be better. It's like, sure. Okay. I don't think that's how that works, but whatever. But it's just nice to feel good about something. So a lot of exciting things have been happening. And, uh, I'll pro- like, honestly, after we're done recording, I'll probably just be playing one of those games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know your brother's been playing. I actually messaged him a couple of times, and I was like, did you see this yet? <laughs> like, because he's, and he's better, I, he's much better at these, like, from software games than I am, so, like, like I'm always curious if he's got, like, any advice or, like, what I should do, you know? Yeah. Another,
0: but, I, I do want to mention briefly, another game that Mike and I both have been playing is Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Mm-hmm. And... You, you were telling me about this yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I said this, I don't think I said this last episode, because that was a while ago. I don't, I don't remember it, no. I don't think so, but... Basically it's the it's the official Yu-Gi-Oh, like you know, video game simulator put out by Konami and um it's cross platform, you know, and it's it's fantastic. You know, obviously I run into like a couple like high tier meta decks that are just degenerate and annoying and I'll be cursing at the TV, right. but over overall, I've enjoyed it. I haven't had to spend any money on it, and I ha- basically have—I have just about everything that I want out of like my main decks that I have in real life. You know, very nice. So and yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, so that's been it's been real nice just to come down to the basement sometimes, just play a couple games of that, and just you know look at my collection of cards, um, in the game. Just
1: just live live virtually as a Yu Gi Oh Ma- master dueler. Right. Or I forget what the term is. It's, it's the king
0: of games. King of games the heart of the cards yeah you know aka cheating yeah
1: <laughs> what just cuz there's a you, you used your soul to to get the card you want no you actually you have a device in your inner sleeve i saw it no
0: there's, there's cameras uh, everywhere <laughs>
1: like the cameras are literally i can see it right now no that's the heart of the cards <laughs> see i have that uh,
0: contact lens contraption that's going to be in our second movie <laughs>
1: And I, I just know. I'm sorry. Um, no, that does sound pretty cool, though. Like I remember you, like, because you're a big Yu-Gi-Oh guy, and so like, it, um, I like, I like hearing about. It brings me back because I used to really be into Yu-Gi-Oh when I was growing up, and so it's nice to kind of, it's like nostalgic for me a little bit when you talk about Yu-Gi-Oh.
0: And what's cool about it is like, because Allison's been wanting to get into the game for a while, but also Yu-Gi-Oh is an expensive game, any like, anyway. Yes. especially like especially if you're trying to play competitively and all that but um w- which I don't usually but
1: I' say if you and Allison don't duel on the next Disney trip that would suck uh... I think, I think <laughs> she needs she needs to get a deck ready she needs to, to get ready and then you guys need to have a, a duel in in the room next Disney trip yeah winner winner get winner gets uh, a dole whip for at least the whole trip like you have to buy one dole whip for the winner <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy! Like every day of the tr- so like if we're there if we're there six days six Dole whips. Wow, it's like a Dole whip, a Dole whip every day. Wow, a Dole whip, every, a dole whip, a one Dole whip every day. If you can beat, if you can win, like maybe one of three games. You know, Allison's gonna listen to this. So like, throwing the gauntlet down. <laughs> yeah,
0: man, Allison, you're listening. To the, you're, you're listening to this, but um, <laughs> get get on Master Dole, uh, <laughs> is what we're trying to tell you here. <laughs> this this is this will be on. Fight of the century <laughs> the bring of that back uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we get into our first film
1: um yeah you know what uh something just happened uh this i think thursday is my dad's birthday Ooh. and i just gave him his gift um i got him this um vintage because because you know i live in ohio and so like i got him this vintage uh, cleveland browns book and it has like it's got articles and photos from like the vintage teams from like the seventies and sixties and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And and this is my favorite part. I got him a Browns coloring book. That is amazing. <laughs> yes, and and uh, and I was like, listen. And in, in case you're wondering, yes, I also got you crayons.
0: <laughs> See, that's helpful. That's like include having a toy yes. that needs batteries. But then it's like, wh- where's batteries? You got the batteries, basically. I got the batteries. Good, yeah, good
1: stuff. Though he uh, sadly it does have what the one dude that w- went to the Rams and got a Super Bowl ring in the book, but you know whatever. Oh gosh, it's still a Browns coloring book. Mm-hmm. You, he, you don't even have to color that part. Color everything else. Leave that alone. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he liked it. He 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 was actually really excited about the book because he's wanted the book for a while. I didn't even realize. I just like this looks like a a, a book made for my dad. Mm. It's a history book about his favorite team. So good stuff. I did that for him. Nice. But speaking of father figures um what is our first movie this week actually how did we get to this episode to begin with joey well we were because we had it we had a different plan initially
0: yeah so if you're like really thrown off by the fact that we're not talking about kentucky fried daniel craig (laughs) we're sorry
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah in case you're what we had we had a daniel craig episode planned this week um Though I'll admit I was nervous about doing the Daniel Craig episode for one half reason. We might st- I still want to do it, so I don't want to mention it, but um that was initially the plan, but then after this past weekend uh and we saw a movie that
0: changed quickly.
1: <laughs> yes. And timing. Timing also
0: was a factor. Yeah, I was very surprised that we did this so quickly because normally if you already have something in the credits, you you pretty Richard pretty much sticks to it. Like Richard doesn't like to divert too much
1: but it does but it does help that now i have a generic set of credits since <laughs> <laughs> so it's, so it's like i'm not gonna tease something that you know we're gonna do in two weeks because i don't know i just don't want people to forget about it because i'm gonna be teasing i'm gonna be sharing all this other stuff right so now it's just, right it works out it's a lot I, i'm more
0: free in the schedule now well that's good well we're not going to talk about the film we saw this weekend just yet that'll be the second half of our episode but this one, I feel like, is a classic two-dudes pairing. Something, I mean, things we both enjoy, but one thing is very much me, and one thing is very much you. And we're going to start things off with me, because, you know. Because <laughs> it's you, it's, you know. It's me. Listen, I, I get to be dude one, but he gets to go first. It's, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. That's the way the branding works. So, um, <laughs> this is going to require a lot of stuff. So, th- this movie... Is the 2017 Superhero Western third movie? What, what is this What is this exciting dynamic it, title it's, it's the, for this it, su- it, Superhero Western? It is the critically acclaimed sequel to um, X Men Origins Wolverine and the Wolverine? <laughs> Logan. <laughs> Logan. Not Logan Paul. No, no,
1: not at all. Um, yes, Logan. Um, this is, this, in a lot of us, this isn't just like the final, uh, chapter in the Wolverine story, but it also feels like the final chapter in like the X-Men films period. And this is the first time we're talking about these movies and probably will be the only time we talk about these movies.
0: Con- uh, I think context is needed for this one, especially because this is uh, yes. part of a franchise yes. that ran for so long. Um, for me, the story starts for me personally in 2000, 2000- May of 2003, that was the summer of X2, X-Men United. And that movie changed my life. Um, that movie mm. really, like, had a huge impact on me. I was introduced to, like... I mean, I, I knew Wolverine from, like, the cart I knew the cartoon, like, in passing, basically. Um, I knew there were comic books. But, like, that was the movie that really just... it changed, Like I said, it changed my life. Um, and seeing Hugh Jackman's Wolverine... So, at, a, at such a young, young age, too. I was in elementary school. At that time, I wasn't even wasn't even wasn't I was just shy of my tenth birthday. At that point. 2003 yeah. Um, I was I was probably twelve or thirteen around that time. That would make sense. Um, and I like my birthday that that summer was like just all X Men stuff, just all the X Men action figures a kid could want. It was like the best birthday ever. I was oh my god, yes. it was. I mean, I got the black I got the jet. I got like that Nightcrawler action figure. Yes. Okay. Like with yes. the church piece, they don't make figures. They don't really make too many figures. Like, like, kid, like toy figures like no. that anymore. You know, um, like only for adults, only, really only for adults. You know?
1: <laughs> that's the sad, that's the kind of the sad part, but I'm like, thank you.
0: Um, but it really sort of cemented, like the X-Men was like my, if you ask me like my favorite superhero team, it's the X-Men and my favorite superhero. Oh that, yeah. My favorite superhero is Wolverine and, um, I can't believe that is almost 20 years. Next year will be 20 years. But um, you know, and, and it's it's kind of an interesting thing the X-Men franchise because it was just a few years after Batman and Robin bombed, okay? You know, a movie that we do, we neither one of us really hates so much, that it just no. You know, it put a whammy on Batman for a while and people like to say put a episode whammy. Episode 40, him. by the way. Episode 40 of our show. You should check it out. We talk all about it. Great episode. Great episode. But you know, X-Men came out at an interesting time where, like, Blade came out a couple years earlier, and it was just before Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And it was sort of that mm-hmm. one, two, three punch of Blade, X-Men, and Spider-Man. It was like an escalation. It really... I think it's an important movie, the first one, even though it's, it's looking back on it, it's not the best. And, you know, there's a lot to be desired when watching um, some of those earlier X-Men yeah. movies. Um, but it's crazy because they just kept going in the, basically the same continuity. Like, for so long, and that was the craziest part, because it went through several Batman, a couple Supermen, several Spider-Men, the creation of the MCU, the Nolan trilogy, and all this stuff, and it ends... It basically, the story proper for us, really, ends in 2017 with this incredibly special and impactful movie that is unlike anything else in the rest of the franchise.
1: 110% agree. Like, when you were talking about the toys, like... I pictured myself when the first one came out. This is the 2000s. I was probably about about the age you were when the second one came mm-hmm. out, and I remember being at my grandma's house in uh, Akron, and I had the jet. I had all. I had every X-Men. I had uh, Cyclops. I had Storm. I had Rogue. I had Wolverine. Obviously, Wolverine was the first one I bought, um, and then I had uh, Magneto, mm-hmm. and I had uh, Toad. Sabretooth, and I had the... Uh, they were all, like, fighting and stuff. Like, I... It was... uh That was the time, man. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, it was that, and then, obviously, Spider-Man would come out much later, and it, it, it changed everything. It's, like, from that point on, it's just been, like, this superhero boom that just hasn't really ended. And so now it's, like, trying to recontextualize, like, how do you make these characters? Like, not even just immediately going okay, just make them superheroes. It's like, okay, well, what do we do? And I think I kind of attribute some of that to maybe like Dark Knight a little bit, mm-hmm. because not, and like, I know a lot of people like it's, it's a crime drama. It's like, it's, it's, it's basically saying, you know, we can take these characters and, and apply it to a different context, maybe. yeah And, and give it a different feel. And that's very much, very much what this movie does, because it is, it's like a hardcore Western And, like, you know, when you think of X-Men, you think of, like, New York City, you think of the spandex, and you think of, you know, all those adventures. Like, obviously, in the first movie, you know, they had a whole fight scene on the top of the uh, Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, in this, it's, like, they're cross-country deserts. They're trying to, you know, outrun a train. Um, They're trying to to gather horses, you know, like, real Western shit, you know. Mm -hmm. And do you remember... When you first saw this movie, because you said you saw it three times in theaters,
0: which doesn't surprise me. At I all. saw it three times in theaters because, you know, saying goodbye to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine was an important thing for me, you know, um, because like I said, I grew up with this character and mm. just like, this was like really like saying good, like, it was like saying goodbye to like a relative, you know, in a way, because it's somebody I had known for so long. I'd seen all the movies and, uh, he
1: came at a at like at that like an adolescent.
0: Time it came an important time too because it was like a- after my dad died, and it was one of the first things I really got into that was like, like okay, kids like uh, I I know like this is not a babyish thing that I'm into or anything like that. It's X Men, which is kind of funny to say cause it's <laughs> X Men, uh, but no. And seeing this movie, I, I saw it three times, twice opening weekend. First time I saw it, I saw it with my brother Mike, and. I was going to see it on a Friday, but I'm like, I need to see this. Like I was going to see with a bunch of friends. Like I need to see this in a different context. I need to, I need time to grieve by myself more or less. And uh, like, I remember our, my good friend, uh, Anthony Papetti, who, you know, you know, from Twitter, Mm. really uh, awesome dude. Um, And uh, Stephanie was a great, they're both great. Um, You know, I remember running into them and after the movie was over, I was sitting in the chair and he's like, you know, there's no after credit scene. And I'm like, there's no after credit scene. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I just need to, I need to process. <laughs> I need this. a moment. I need a second. And it, it was just, it just, I couldn't believe the movie existed. And then I saw it with my, my friends and I saw my mom, you know, cause she loved Hugh Jack- Jackman. She's seen him twice on stage. You know, she saw, we saw Van Helsing on mother's day, you know, <laughs> I don't remember. so that. great love for Hugh Jackman uh, over here. But like it, It's such a strange experience. Um, And then the third time I saw it by myself and I was like, okay, I'm ready to put this away. I am ready to let him retire the claws, so to speak. So that was my first, you know, my first couple, um, first couple rounds seeing Logan. I remember mine specifically because that, that was a big day for me
1: because it was, first it was Logan and then afterwards, and I I wasn't sure if I was going to do it or not, but I, I just remember saying screw it i want to do it because i want to play i want to do this but i also i just want to get into this a little bit more um it was the same day the nintendo switch was coming out Ooh, yeah and so literally right after the movie i had no pre-order or anything i just went and stood in the line at best buy uh and just waited in that line to get my switch along with uh, breath of the wild nice so that was a really good day nice to go from to go from logan then just to wait in that line but what i remember so specifically about it's not even related to the movie it's just that because like i live in a very because I, I mean ohio's a red state but i live in a very like faith-based conservative area um and so like at my work where i saw logan uh we uh like the the, the movies that tend to make the most money are like the big like blockbuster like superhero type stuff and religious movies mm-hmm. <laughs> so like um we ha- there was another movie that came out that weekend called the shack
2: you remember, yes you remember this? i remember sam worthington yes
0: i remember this i remember seeing the trailers like it, a million and a half times uh
1: the shack was coming out and, and just to put it into context too we had a movie a while like i think a while after logan that was called unplanned it's like an anti-abortion movie Uh and these like conservative christian people that went to see it like rolled out a wet a red carpet for it
0: oh my god at
1: my theater to see it i'm like are you kidding me that's that's kind of messed up (laughs) um so like when the shack came out they were super packed and my screening for logan it was it like it had people in it but it wasn't like loaded with people because every person they were super busy and uh Ford, um, you know Ford, mm-hmm. who was on our show. Yep. Um, he was when he when he was working there at the time. He was working that night and he was miserable because <laughs> he had to deal with all these conservative religious people seeing the shack that were coming to see that movie. And there were old women in like the vestibule where we sell where you know, you buy your tickets. These old women handing out pamphlets. <laughs> so I'll always remember that because I just remember just walking. <laughs> walking in and seeing these old women, like try to hand me something I'm like no thank you. <laughs> no I don't I don't no mm. I don't want it. Um and then just going to see them it was like that was just such a weird night. <laughs> in a <way>. Right. <laughs> uh but I remember seeing the movie and it just it was so different because it wasn't like what you would expect from an X-Men movie, like the way you were sort of tailored to like expect certain things with an X-Men movie. And so it was so different. So like, I really liked it, but it took me away. It took me back a little bit. Cause I was like trying to like assess like, okay, what did I just watch? Cause this is so different than what I expected it to be, but I really like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really, I like the vibes of it. I like that. It's a little bit more slow paced. Um, you can clearly tell like a lot of care was put into it. Um, Patrick Stewart is incredible. Hugh Jackman is incredible. I like this new kid, uh, da- Daphne Keene, um, who plays, uh, Laura X 23. It's just, it was just, it was such a new experience. And like I've said, I think I've said this before. It's just like in a, in a landscape where we have all these superhero characters or comic book characters being adapted on the big screen so often, like it, it, it feels like they only really stand out if they feel special. Or they they feel unique and exciting,
0: and that's and then Logan very much fit that bill for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you watch this movie, and even if you didn't have any context for like the other X Men movies, because I remember Allison saw this before she watched a lot of them. She might have seen like two other X Men movies before watching Logan, and she was like, "Wow, that was that was something else."
1: That is interesting. Like, did, did has she ended up watching any of the other ones? She
0: watched she watched like the first two. I, I and it, it it just we didn't get to watch the other rest of them and it's like do I really need to show her the other one like it, it's it's that weird stage because like they were such important movies for me but it's like mm. other than this movie and like one or two other ones I'm like I'm ready to put this behind me kind of thing which is kind of a sad thing in certain respects
1: <sighs> yeah and it probably makes it harder too knowing that Allegedly
0: speaking, a lot of the movies were made by like terrible. Yes, people. no that that's the that's the big thing, yeah. you know. But it, it, this movie, um, let's get into like the the movie. So this is like in the twenty like the like the twenty twenties. Okay, we're not that yeah. far off, <laughs> and <laughs> like most mutants are gone, basically. And this isn't like some type of heightened experience where it's not like Days of Future Past, where they're fighting Sentinels and they're time traveling through convoluted means you don't have two versions of Xavier meeting each other for an emotionally heartfelt (laughs) scene no 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 okay this is a very dirty grimy world where Logan is a a chauffeur uber driver who has to wear glasses and can't heal all of his wounds properly because if you don't know anything about Wolverine he can heal himself but his healing factor is not really working out for him so well it's compromised a little bit it's compromised he's getting older Um, Charles, poor Charles, man, has, like, dementia and seizures that, it's to the point where his brain has been labeled a weapon of mass destruction.
1: Like, think about that, you know, like, it's bad enough, like, anyone to have to deal with dementia or having seizures, but, like, if you're someone that is a telepath, and, like, an incredibly powerful one at that- you can only imagine what that would do, like to an outside perspective, which we learn um, had, you know, tragic uh, effects. Yes, potentially, as the as we go through the story, because we learn that um, a lot of the mutants that that died was because of that.
0: Yeah, is be- is because of that, and the world is also just against the mutants too, because they're using they're using like food and medicine and all these other things to basically. Like, eliminate random mutations and such. So mm-hmm. now it's kind of like, and so it comes as a shock when we run into Laura, X23, played by Daphne Keene, who is a mutant. And oh boy, it's actually Logan's daughter.
1: Now, Logan, you know, he, like, I'm not saying he hasn't, you know, gotten around and, you know, done his thing. But um, what I am saying is that, uh, she's a test tube baby yes because if you don't if you don't remember logan was part of the weapon x program and that's why he has his claws you know he had the bone claws before but um through the weapon x program and alkali lake they put all these uh the adama- you know, adamantium. This, all this adamantium mm-hmm. yes adamantium in his body and so now his and that's what's also hurting him and what's you know significantly making it harder for him to heal and You know, be what he used to be, and so the thing is, they have his DNA on file, and they used it to create a new mutant. And you know, in comes Laura, and so, and and it kind of makes for some of the more like, I guess, comedic things because like you, like obviously, she's never been out in the real world, and so she's going on this road trip with with Wolverine. So like the bit when they're in the convenience store is fun, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's like just just taking everything, and the guy's like, you got to pay for that, and then like. And then he's like, all right, come on. No, let me take all this stuff. Let me take it to your parents. And then she's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> just throw this on the ground. And then Wolverine comes out, not okay! <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it makes for some, like, kind of adorable scenes where, like, because she's, like, discovering the world. Like, she's kind of a fish out of water. Yeah.
0: A little bit. I really like the... Um, I'm just jumping ahead. Like, when, they, when they're with the family... Which leads to a huge tragedy, but like I love like she's about to eat with like their hands, hands with a fork, <laughs> <laughs> and she's, or or like she's she's never really had like never ha- used like a headphone before, you know. So, so she's like looking at the kid. It's like, what is that? <laughs> like it's it, it. She and Daphne Keen is just exceptional in in this movie.
1: She's so good to the point where like we were watching this and we had we have a we have a hope for a certain. Um, uh, strange movie coming out uh in May, is it May? I don't. Uh, it, it's
0: probably May. It's a Marvel movie. Yeah.
1: Um, where we know that another uh, X Men character
0: is supposed to show up. We're hoping that maybe another one. Yeah. You know, potentially, might be show up. <laughs> maybe. But basically, they're just on the run at this point. They're on the run, um, from the Reavers and just because. Uh, they're trying to you know correct their quote-unquote mistakes
1: and uh the whole time like they just run into so many different complications like that family like i was telling you when we watched that bit this if this was a tv show this would be like part one and part two of, of an episode like part one would be the quiet calm part of of the two-part episode and uh you know we we get to know these characters, and it's it's such a nice moment, because, like, I feel like in a lot of movies like this, when a really nice, like, heartwarming moment happens, you know something tragic's gonna happen mm-hmm. right after. Yeah. Like, like it, you're already dreading it, especially, I mean, obviously, we've, we'd seen the movie before, and so we're watching it, and we're like, oh, God. <laughs>
0: Like, oh, I'll let you borrow my headphones. I'll get them in the morning. No, you won't. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost worse watching it like like multiple times because you're just like you have that existential dread. Uh, Fixing the water is not going to do anything because you're not going to need it. (laughs) You won't be needing that for that long, partner. (laughs) Oh,
1: man. But when that shift happens, like right when, you know, we have that really bittersweet moment, like final moment with with Charles, and he looks up, and it's not old Wolverine. It's, like, cloned or, like, mute. it's it's a whole different Wolverine. And from that point on, it's just so tragic. Yeah. The whole family, the whole family gets killed. And then, like, those, those terrible neighbor, like, farmer people also get killed.
0: Yeah. Ugh.
1: You still feel it. Even, like, when we just, we literally
0: just watched the movie and it, you still, are like, Ugh. Yeah, this is one, it's, like, it's kind of crazy because it's one of the few X-Men movies I will rewatch, But I don't re-watch it that often because it's just so hard to get through it because of, like, just all the upsetting things that happen. Like, just throughout the movie, I mean, like, just seeing, obviously, just seeing Wolverine, like, limping. Away from a fight, instead of just like cracking his neck and just walking away from it like nothing happened. Yeah, you know it's not like in that first one when he fall f- is flung right out of the windshield. Just seeing him like that, of course, seeing Professor X like that. Which Patrick Stewart, um, you were saying this like if there was a perform, uh, there was like a comic book movie performance other than like the, the times Joker is one. If there's a comic book movie performance that deserved to be nominated at the Oscars, it's Patrick Stewart in this movie he is 100 100 I, I think about that like obviously his last like sort of like monologue to to um to who he what he thinks is Logan but also the first scene where we're introduced to him and if you're somebody like me who's like used to like him being such a regal almost like a regal presence and just like the guy who has the answers to everything kind of thing is such a calm reassuring presence like that's gone you know and no. it's like it's like if you ever lost like a, like a grandparent who used to be like sort of like that that you know like that pillar And then, you know, as they get older, they, you know, they're, they can't do it anymore. And it really just makes me think of that. Um, really, it's just, it's, it's like, and
1: like, you know, you get older and at a point like the, the, the take, the caretaker role kind of shifts from, from the parent to the child. So you take care of your parents a little bit towards the end there. Yeah. And that's fair. And like, obviously, you know, Charles was dealing with a lot more than just like you know typical some stuff that like some an elderly elderly, elderly ugh, person will try to deal with. Right. But it 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 very much feels like that role. Like, I like that he's like, "Did you take your pills? It's been two days. Take your pills. I want to see it." Ah. <laughs> you know, and that and some of those bits like make for fun. Like, I like Logan. I have to pee. <laughs> but obviously so there's like there's like nice there's like fun moments like that but there's also like really bittersweet moments it's like you know not even just any time like he has a seizure and then like everything happens happens and like you know logan has to give him the shot but also just like like that first opening bit when he's he's rambling and he's you know a million different things are going through his head and it's probably stuff he's actually hearing because again he can Mm -hmm. think and you know and like It's it's so tough, like in both instances with both Logan and Charles, it's so tough to see, you know, like you were saying, to see these characters that we know in such a certain way. And I think that was also something when I initially watched it, that it was hard to comprehend this idea like, you know, Wolverine, like Wolverine's always been flawed, but not to this extent.
0: Yeah, I even think about like the Dark Knight Rises where... It, like the Nolan movies are a bit more grounded than most comic book movies, but like even Batman is able to do things where I'm like, listen, most situations like, you know, Wolverine's more powerful. In a lot of ways it's like, in this case, it's like, he could probably just kick Wolverine's ass. <laughs> <laughs> even with the, like the gut, like the, the cartilage in his knee that's just, just gone, <laughs> gone, you know, whereas this, like, and th- this movie, it's just, it's like, you really want to see your heroes grow old. This is what happens. You know, it's not yeah, they don't like just ride off into the sunset all happy, hunky dory. No, it's it's they have hu they, they they become more human because they have these diseases, like Logan basically has cancer. Yeah, you know, and then obviously Charles with the sort of his dementia what's going on. Um there's so many like scenes. Like obviously when the, the family gets killed off, it is such a shocking, shocking scene. I also think about like the the second time where Charles has a seizure in the movie and in the casino, in the casino. And it, it it is such a tense, uh, tense series of events. And Wolverine's one of the few people who can like sort of walk through it, but it's still obviously extreme is working, working through the pain. Basically. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's one of the most like, sequences. One thing I liked
1: about, like you were talking about this, that it feels like, you know, these characters are just kind of living their lives, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause you don't, you don't think about that with like, you know, with a lot of, a lot of like superhero movies, a lot of movies in general, it's literally about, okay, we need to get from point A to point B to point C. And in, in many respects, you don't really have time to like let the world that you're, that you're watching soak in as much as like the characters. And in, in this, in the case of this movie, Like we're having so much time to just to rest Mm. with these guys. Like we're in a hotel room watching TV. Um, We're driving down the road, having a conversation, you know, we're having dinner with a, with a a sad moment. (laughs) We go to an urgent care. We go to an urgent care. And like, even just when Wolverine's doing his job, he's just, you know, he's just trying to like be a good chauffeur and get, get good tips and, You'll get high ratings on the, on the app or whatever they use, even if he has to cart around Ben Shapiro's crowd. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know he's just doing his best, and you know the movie isn't beholden on trying to get from point A to point B. It, it wants you to to languish a little bit in the world that that they're living in. And I actually like
0: i I, I don't think about that as much, but like when you watch it, like you like, it, yeah, it makes sense. It feels like a real like time and place. Um, The cinematography helps a lot with that too. It's an absolutely gorgeous looking Mm -hmm. movie. Whether you're watching the regular theatrical version or you're watching the noir um, noir version of the movie, Um, I still need to watch that version. I haven't done that yet. It's beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, some stuff I think works better in color, but there's other just like really striking images in black and white you know I, I just think the performances throughout are really just exceptional i mean we talked about daphne keen talked about patrick stewart boyd holbrook um in this movie as donald is mm-hmm. fantastic really just a great like head henchman villain type mm-hmm. you know i I, th- I think it
1: was honest trailers that compared him to doc holliday from tombstone and i was like you know what that's cool i'm fine with that yeah it works it's very good like i like when we first see him and he's just sitting in the back of the limo like um you know i saw a guy with a bunch of claw marks and uh you know a lot of people were assuming maybe it was you know this other thing or freddy krueger <laughs> well it's a t- well i think it was a tiger
0: or, so- or something oh yeah a, ti- a tiger or a freddy krueger and given one of those things is a fictional character, <laughs> but and the, and that's another piece of world building too, because they say they go on to say that that animal's extinct. Like we are at a point mm-hmm. where that is dead, that is gone. This regal, majestic creature is gone, which is another like thing where it's like Wolverine is just like he's barely there. This this super like Man. mutant killing machine is. Basically, just a fragment of his former self. It also
1: just makes me think, like, what are, what are kids after that time period get to think about Frosted Flakes? Oof. Like, what the hell is that? What what it, what would you, what's that on the box, Mom?
0: That's that's Tony the Tiger.
1: What's a tiger?
0: Ugh. It's an extinct animal. It's like seeing dinosaurs in media. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Spielberg makes tiger. Park. Uh, uh, Rich, uh, we got a couple people I want to mention. Uh, was it Steven Merchant? Stephen Merchant as Caliban, um, as
1: Caliban, uh, you might know Stephen Merchant and a lot of more comedic stuff. Uh, I like to remember him as the, the guy looking for, uh, 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 uh Mr. Staker from Hot Fuzz. Yes. Try to look for a swan. <laughs> Peter Ian Staker. <laughs> P.I. Staker. Piss taker. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Long, slender neck. <laughs> anything else you want to? Any, anything else you could describe the 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 uh, anyway? Anyway else you could describe it? Well, it's a swan. <laughs> so, so, but I like I love Stephen Merchant. He's in a bunch of things. I actually I remember um when the at the beginning of the pandemic, he was he made a video to describe like the the six foot distance. Mm-hmm. And so he just he's walking outside and he's like, Now if you wanna if you wanna understand um how much distance it is to stay away from people, uh he laid on the ground and he said, From the top of my head to my feet, <laughs> stay that far away. <laughs> I was like, I like it. But no, uh, and I always like I've said it before, I always like it when comedic actors like or any actor really who's known for like something specific you know, spreads their wings a little bit, and so obviously, you know, I know Steven Merchant more from his comedy, like, oh, and he was in, uh, Jojo Rabbit, so this is the second time he's sh- shown up on our show.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Yeah. Hal Hitler.
0: Hal Hitler. Hal Hitler. Richard is <laughs> quoting Jojo Rabbit, he is not, uh, indicating his support for that piece of shit, anyway. No, yes, yes, no, we don't, know uh, Fuck Hitler but you he, know he's 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 great in this uh, as Caliban. I remember him as like a character, you know, from like like the comics mm. and the cartoons. Um and like him oh, I have to mention uh Richard E. Grant in this um mm-hmm. I don't think we've talked about too many movies with him. Um did,
1: he was in he's in that one Star Wars movie we don't like to That's talk about.
0: That's true. That's true. But listen listen, he's one of those actors where you look at him and you're just like, I know I'm gonna get something good out of him. I loved it I loved that people were able to see him on Loki as like the older, like like older Loki. He's very good. He's he's very good there. So excellent. I think he was Oscar nominated a couple years ago. So good good for him. Um and he plays this character, uh was it Xander Rice? Doctor Dr. Rice. I think so, yeah. Um and he's basically like a kind of character where like, you know, it, on paper, it doesn't seem that interesting, really. But you get mm-hmm. him like typical like mad scientist, <laughs> typical mad guy. scientist guy. But he plays it like in a mostly soft-spoken kind of way, mm-hmm. where he's just like, "No, no, no," I, you know. Is the girl a price to pay? He's saying these some crazy shit, but you're just like. But he says it in a way <laughs> where he, it's just like, "It's okay, it's okay," you know. It's
1: okay. It wasn't. It wasn't about eradicating mutants. It was about controlling them. It's like what. <laughs> A big pardon. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he's um,
0: he's fantastic um, as that character. Um, so good. I I really want to talk about Hugh Jackman a bit more because I don't think we talked about him too too much. We haven't
1: lingered too much on him because I mean he the guy's been he's got how do I start this? Like he, he was one of those uh, of all the like iconic actors who've played superheroes for a long time. You know. He, for especially for people our age, you know, he, he means the world for so many people in this role as Wolverine, because again, we we saw him when we were such such young kids, and we've grown up with him through all these movies, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And if there's always been one constant through the good and the bad, is that he's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, Last Stand, Origins, like, bad movies, sure, like, you know, subpar, whatever movies... But he's still good in that. Yes. Movie. And he made the role. He made the role his. And, you know, he like it's going to be so weird to see a new Wolverine. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'd love to see this as Wolverine. That. And yeah, there's a lot of great choices. But because he embodies that role so much, it's just going to be so especially. Yeah, like he's he's been playing the role for so long that he me that, you know, we think of Wolverine. We think of Hugh Jackman. Like it's you can't really think of anything else. So when we get to this, when we get to this movie it's so heartbreaking but also like so impactful like like, like you can tell like he didn't want to he knew that he wanted this to be the last one but he didn't want to end it on like, like maybe an X-Men installment or like he wanted this to be the end and so he knew that and he he and James Mangold and everyone involved just pushed to their limit to make this the best possible Wolverine movie X-Men movie even they could have ever made yeah and so, like, you can, t- like, again, like, the care that he clearly has for the character through the years of having played him, and the many different iterations, and, and this one specifically, like, just anytime you see him, you- it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, every, t- every second, he just, he looks weathered, he's beaten, he, he's, he's, even the fact that he just has to wear glasses mm-hmm. like you like you know like you don't think of wolverine as ever having to need reading glasses you think if he had any like cataracts or any kind of situation with his eyes that he has to deal with you think that would heal but no not anymore not anymore
0: and like not anymore ever, like he, he's gr- he's like graying hardcore and he's like mm-hmm. di- is like so disheveled um like
1: and he's he's so apathetic now too yeah. like like he's just gotten to a point like like he wears like he's got like one nice suit but like everything else is just kind of like grimy or dirty or maybe has some blood on it that he didn't get out or something and it's just and his hair has grown out so much so it's like he just doesn't give a shit
0: anymore but he like it's because wolverine's always been a character where he is kind of he's kind of the asshole in a lot of in a lot of situations and this is really it takes it it takes it to a level where he is tired he is exhausted i think about the scene where he has the adamantium bullet um, I, I never thought I would hear, ever hear that character utter those words. Um, like, especially because the context, of the other movies like, yeah, like even something like X2, which is kind of pushing it for a PG 13 movie. It doesn't ever mm-hmm. go over that point, over that point for a lot of these movies. And no. it was one of the, like that 2017 was one of those years where like between Samurai Jack, <laughs> the last Jedi, <laughs> War for the Planet of the War Apes. There's the you have ca- like characters that are contemplating their lives and dying in many of those um, many of those instances. And Hugh Jack- I got to give a shout out to like Hugh Jackman because I know a lot of people want a more comic accurate looking Wolverine cuz he's like 6'2. Two- like Hugh Jackman's like 6'2 two- like whatever and he's like, you know, yeah, handsome looking dude, but I think he really I think he really cemented himself as Logan with, especially with this, which is a silly thing to say because he's played the character so many times. But like, it's it's. I think
1: we, I, I think you agree with this, and I, we might have even mentioned it in the episode. But like, I think the same thing with like Christian Bale going through his own trilogy, and how like he was good in the first movie, he's good in the second movie, but he's very good in the third movie mm-hmm. because maybe there's just something different, or he's just played it for so long that he knows how to do it and do it the best way he possibly can, and he just grew, he just grew as an actor. Right. It became better than he ever was in the same, in the same hundred hundred percent could be said for Hugh Jackman. Like not to say, you know, he wasn't a good actor before cause he was a very good actor, but as the years have gone on, he's been playing this character and honing his craft and, and getting to know this character and, and the different layers that he can, he can peel back to, to portray it. Like, like this movie, like he knocked it out of the park. He, re- he really did. And yeah, he's just so damn good. And Again, it's so bittersweet, <laughs> but like, you know, at least he went out on a
0: high note. He did. You know I mean? He did. And I want to mention um, a couple things. Marco Beltrami's score is fantastic in this movie. Um, really adds to that Western aesthetic. But I also want to mention, you have to mention James Mangold. We talked about him here and there throughout. Um, mm-hmm. He's a great director. I mean, and he's worked in the business for a long time. If you ever see 4V Ferrari, great movie. Also, it's very, I don't, I don't watch a lot of like sports, no race, like, but that one was, no, good. I, I hate, I, I like. it was a great movie. And I also think about, um, he's directing Indiana Jones five, which I'm very, I'm like, if there was anybody you were going to ask to take over the mantle of the, like, you know, from Steven Spielberg to make a proper conclusion for Harrison Ford, it would be James Mangold. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he understands, like, I think that just like macho, like masculine things and how to give it a proper conclusion, or really like treat that material properly. And I think 310 mm-hmm. 310 to Yuma, well the really amazing with Christian Bale, Russell Crowe, um really incredible, you know, incredible movie right there. And he also made the Wolverine which was a fine movie. It was a pretty okay superhero yeah. movie. Then it gets to the third act where shit just gets silly and like they, they really just thought about it and you're like you know what we really want to make something that's like special we don't want a movie about the end of the world or the galaxies coming to an end or these people have like 15 buildings fall to them and they survive this is going to be like this is this going to be a serious like you know more grown-up story and um i think it really also just is a, a nice commentary on like how people like in fan culture view things, you know, people are fanboys like Mm. Donald Pierce is like a Wolverine fanboy to an extent. It's like, he's heard about this person all his life and now he gets to hunt this guy, you know, or you think about the kids, their one bit of hope comes from an X-Men comic where he, where Wolverine admits it's ice cream for bedwetters. It's bullshit. (laughs) Most of it. (laughs) And it's just, it gives them the coordinates to this location. That's not a real place. It's not a, it's a, it's not like a place that's going to help them out, but it's the only no. shred of hope that they have, and it just shows you the st- the sad state of this world, and how far gone it you know it has come, uh, you know, man, what a movie. <laughs> uh, just a few more things with this movie, like it made a lot of money, made over six hundred million worldwide. It was on the National Board of Reviews top ten movies of the year which is a pretty nominated for best adapted screenplay nominated for best adapted screenplay at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Okay. Doesn't really, that doesn't really happen too much, you know, and that, this was before black Panther got nominated for all of its Oscars, same thing with Joker, you know, so that was quite an achievement. Um, and I think five years later, I think it still is, um, to borrow the phrase, um, one of the best there is at what it does. I agree with that. Like, I don't, like, obviously, I don't have the same sort of
1: affinity for this character, I think, that you do, but I did grow up with Wolverine, and I grew up with the, with Hugh Jackman's take on that character more than any other version of Wolverine. Comics, animated, whatever they may be, it's like, this is my Wolverine. And to go, and it is, it is weird to sort of think that, like, when I was 10, I saw him play Wolverine, and he fought Sabretooth on the, on the head of the Statue of Liberty, which I had that toy. I even had that. I didn't mention that. They had a Statue of Liberty toy playset that, that had, like, different tricks and different things. Um, you could have the other members of the X-Men locked up by the uh, the uh, metal inside of the Statue of Liberty's head, like, the bearings or whatever. And you could have uh, a bit of the uh, Statue of Liberty, like, I think, had like, a claw mark on it, maybe, or not. Or maybe I put it in there. I don't know. Right. Uh, but like yeah. to 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 see the progression to that point and to to still to grow up with that character to the point where I was like in my like, my late twenties, that doesn't happen. No, especially that long.
0: No, I mean because I started elementary <clears throat> like elementary school, then it ended up after I graduated college. Um, but I think one of the things I like the most about this movie is that it is such a grim reality, but it has a, it ends on a note of hope. You know, the kids mm-hmm. Wolverine doesn't survive and professor X doesn't survive. And a lot of our friends we made along the way didn't survive, but the kids survived and they can, they, they can, they can try for a better world. You know, we're unsure of what mm-hmm. their fate's going to be after, you know, after they put the X, you know, X in the ground for Wolverine um, and have the funeral for him. Uh, But there is still, but you know, they escaped, you know, they, they made it this time and there is still some shred of hope. And that's really important with a movie that's this dark in a lot of play- that's you know, and that's the that's the big thing too is like this is an R rated movie, this is not for kids, like nope. And it, but it still it still I feel ends up being more hopeful than some other movies out there, which I will not mention it, the it, names of those. It really movies. does. I will not mention the names of those movies because I do not want to get eviscerated on social media, but. Eh. Uh, that's, you know. But <laughs> on that note, Go for it. on that note, we talked about this a long time. Um, we're going to take a quick, quick um, intermission. When we come back, we're going to um, it's, uh,
1: once again, the seventh time
0: <laughs> you counted.
1: I did. <laughs> <laughs> the seventh time we are going to be heading back a little bit of a different version of this, but we're going back to Gotham City. Stay tuned.
2: (音楽) Oh, my God.
1: Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we um, maybe cried a little talking about uh, the bittersweet ending of Logan, aka Wolverine. Joey's one of Joey, Joey's favorite superhero, and now, ladies and gentlemen, once again, um, you know, as you know, if you've listened to this show since the beginning, really, one thing I like to do on this show is take Joey on a journey if you will through uh, the the cinema history of my favorite superhero Batman we've talked about all the 90s movies we've talked about uh, the phantasm of phantasm we even did an episode on the Dark Knight trilogy. there are two more movies we have to talk about and I think Joey is very excited for that one
0: yes not including not including this movie we should not know. including this one yes
1: yeah um, and so this is our seventh outing with the Cape Crusader and uh, the latest iteration of this character uh, literally came out this past weekend as we're recording. It'll be a week ago for you guys. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, a a whole new iteration. This is not connected to anything in like the DCU, This is a brand new reboot situation thing. And it is the 2022, uh, much delayed, but glad to finally be here, Matt Reeves' directed film, The Batman. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Ave Maria
1: He's
0: staring at a kid like I feel you pain dude yeah, b- Because what's gonna happen is somebody's gonna listen to me Singing the Ave Maria and they're gonna go No No this is not how I planned it No No
2: <laughs> No, you know that what? Was you I,
0: when you got Fan stick on DVD, it, it was uh, shout out to Feehan for that um, incomparable moment in my life. No, <laughs> uh, um, I just want to emphasize: there will be spoilers for this movie. It is oh, only yes, a week yes, old. yes, yes, yes. Um, now, listen. Like, I feel like I should make note of this more frequently on our show. We do just spoil the shit out of these movies because a lot of these yeah. movies are just old, and we don't care really but this is a new movie so we want you to be in, ensure that you have the best possible experience seeing this movie or if you had to wait um cuz i i heard a thing that's coming out next month on max is that uh, hbo max is that true
1: i saw it was a thing i saw on facebook it said it comes out april 19th
0: i hope that's true because uh i really enjoyed this movie and i would love to watch it again and again i've, I've seen it twice already i've, to, I, I've
1: sadly only seen it once i would have liked to see it twice but i had something to do today yeah I chose you over Batman. You should feel good about that.
0: I I, I I very rarely do that. (laughs) See, I was going to feel good anyway, but then you had to stick it in that, oh, you should feel good. It's like, you know what? Maybe (laughs) I won't. Maybe I won't, okay? You know what? Fine, I'm out. Later. (laughs) Um, So this is... one dude, one double feature. One dude, one double feature. Uh, I'm dude one, and uh, I'm also dude one. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm dude one. Look at me. I've dude one. i dude one. <laughs> so, um, outside of Barkhad Abdi references, we're going to talk about The Batman, okay? The Batman. Uh, which, this is an interesting history because at one point we were supposed to get a Ben Affleck Batman movie. I remember hearing about it for the longest time. I was personally excited for a Ben Affleck Batman movie because I love... Um, I didn't see Gone Baby, Gun. The Town was great. Great movie. Argo. Great performances. And Argo. Argo's a great movie, too.
1: I would love to do, like, uh, Argo Town. Argo you know? Town? <laughs> I think that would be a good episode. Argo Town. Yes. But, no, like, yeah, there's a whole a whole history with this, because um, this was supposed to be the DCEU solo Batman movie. And, listen, I, I do want to say, Ben Affleck, you deserved better because you know batman fans are toxic it's unfortunate but it's true in many respects sorry my phone went off um batman fans are toxic unfortunately not all of them but a vast majority of them are stupid toxic and it's ridiculous um and and obviously ben was going through uh a lot of stuff in his personal life i don't want to dig into that Mm -hmm. um but just from a professional standpoint being constant, like he's trying to promote fucking Live By Night, his, his next directed movie that he was making and all anyone could fucking ask him was Batman this and Batman that people pressuring him to direct the movie to the point where he's like, fine, I'll fucking direct it and I mean, I'm sure he had some interest in it at some point, but he just like he's done, okay it should be noted, Ben Affleck is not playing Bat; he's playing Batman one more time in the Flash movie, and that's it so I'm sorry. Like, I understand, you know, I, I would have loved to see, you know, Ben Affleck thrive as the character. I would have loved to see this, you know, his take on Batman in this movie. But it is what it is. And I'd rather Ben Affleck be sane and happy and doing performances that he loves to make, make movies he loves to make, rather than suffer, you know, comic book fans badgering him about playing a character that he has no interest in anymore. Yeah. It's it's what it is. And so, like, um, not that my apology is going to mean anything but uh, I, I do hardly apologize for ha- for all the shit that he had to deal with from Batman fans just badgering him over and over and over.
0: I hope that he uh, is doing whatever makes him happy right now. Yes. You know, like Pierre he-
1: from Last Duel. He's so good like, as Pierre. Dude,
0: okay, fuck the Razzies for nominating. Fuck or, for Like, no, he should have, he should, like, he is so good in that movie. He is, no. And they're like, it, it, it's like, if you're going to nominate, just, look. He's great in the last duel. You should watch it. It's it's streaming now. It's a great movie. Please do it. Please, I mean, well, please fucking it, do it. Uh, just content warning is sexual assault stuff. So obviously, you know, not yeah, a no, tier, like not like a, the,
1: the the movie is about rape. Just so you yeah, know. But yes. if
0: you could find like a compilation on YouTube of just Ben Affleck as Pierre in that movie, just watch it. Ten out of ten. Just, just
1: watch it. Like I love I love Adam Driver. Just opens the door. He's like, oh hey, how you doing? Take your pants off. that's my favorite line in the whole movie
0: it's it's so great um but anyway but yes we're gonna um, talk talk about the batman and what's even funnier because a lot of people do enjoy ben affleck's take on the character like i think that's mm -hmm. one of the general generally good things about the early part of the dceu You know, you could have your, you could have your feelings on it, but I thought Ben Affleck made a really compelling Batman. There was a lot of stuff I liked about that character. His stuff was the most interesting aspect of Batman v. Superman. Um, I agree. I agree. So, so for, it was, it was hard for people to not to dwell on Ben Affleck. It was hard for people to transition from that to listen, if you took a time machine and traveled to 2008 and told some, uh, stick up their ass Batman fan, Hey, Robert Pattinson's going to be Batman. You know the sparkly guy? (laughs) (laughs) And they'd be like, what?
2: No,
0: No, don't do that. But if we've learned anything, if we've learned anything from Batman casts, outside of maybe one or two instances, don't question it. Because 80% of the time, It might, it will work. Listen, I'm, I'm sure I am almost like you could cast some random guy and it'd be like, who is this guy? And he could probably be Oscar nominated as a Batman villain or something because there's so, there's so much material with Batman, obviously. He is a great character. There's, is a long legacy. There's an interesting rogues gallery supporting cast that actors I'm sure would love to just explore that stuff. So let's, yes. Well, like when, when somebody's cast, can we just wait till the movie comes out, and just like, just like,
1: it's like, what's sh- what's what's so hard with just waiting, like yeah, like just because so and so has a legacy or a history, it's like who gives a shit, yeah, like who gives a shit, and you know, with this with this version, you know, we got Robert Pattinson in the role, and. You know, not, not to just immediately start there, but I mean, like this is a Batman movie, so why not actually start with Batman let's, for once, let's which, actually, we've, which
0: we've, we've fucking struggled with so many times. <laughs> we, are, we are not going to struggle. Richard, no, this movie doesn't even struggle with that either. It's no, because he's in the whole damn movie. He is the <laughs> Batman, okay? He is
1: the, <laughs> the Batman. Like, all the best, listen, listen, I've learned all the best versions of things have the in the title. <laughs> the suicide squad the last jedi the batman <gasps> <It's> so true. <laughs> in order for something to be truly great it has to have the word the or the in the title for the it to be magnificent <laughs> listen you know what a, you know what a took west side story to the top and really just made you forget that ansel elgort was in it if it was the west side story
0: <laughs> <laughs> listen it's just not the original because well, the original isn't even called the west side story so neither one of them is the definitive version even though both of them been nominated for best picture one of them won best picture and a bunch of other oscars and the other one's likely to win a couple oscars too Woo! <laughs> but robert how good is robert pattinson in this it's movie?
1: it's it's ridiculous how good he is like this like as far as the characterization of his batman like there's like as someone who grew up with the character, loves his character, there's so many boxes I've wanted to tick from a Batman performance that like a lot of a lot of different interpretations, Keaton, Kilmer, Bale, all these guys have ticked off several of the boxes, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Pattinson I, I I have to watch it again, but I'm definitely gonna say I feel like I feel pretty confident to say I think he ticked every box for me. Yeah. Every single one. Like he does he barely talks which i love the idea that batman's just an image you know what i mean like the silhouette is iconic for like the ears the cape like most most of his his conversation is is quieted and he talks mostly through his actions and i like oh i love like when he walks like his boots feel so heavy it almost feels like like spurs on a fucking like cowboy or something like Oh, and then, um, so I love that he just, he barely talks. I love that, you know, he, he's a great fighter, but he's not like perfect, you know? So it's like, we're still in the early days. I love that he, you know, like he moves so methodically, so slowly and so particularly like, like he, like his like, even his eyes, like, like he'll, he'll move his head, but his eyes are kind of delayed even. That's one of my
0: favorite things with the suit this time. I feel like you get to see Batman's eyes yes this time around like they did a really good like whoever designed the suit did a really good job of like because you know obviously barbara pattinson's one of the best like actors we have right now agreed and just see the eyes are such a big part of acting you know and and just seeing that or just like, yes oh my god he he is so great and i'm obviously not somebody who is as connected to batman as you are but i'm like i feel like yeah. i'm watching this i'm like that's Batman. I feel like he's been doing yes. this for a while. And I'm like, like that is he got it. Batman. He got he it. He got I, it. I am thinking back to my the Monsterverse episode when they talked about King of the Monsters where mm. I'm like that movie I mean for you this is like feels like the the Batman King of the Monsters to me felt like the closest thing to like a Godzilla like a Godzilla movie. Like okay yes. okay, okay this isn't like the the Emric movie or like the you know the 2014 film this is mm-hmm. this is a Godzilla movie and this is Batman I feel like I'm seeing Gotham City for the first time in this yes.
1: movie like again and and I think the same the same could apply like obviously I'm saying like this version of Batman like ticks all the boxes like the same could apply to like to everything else as well but like the biggest thing I got to mention this real quick like the biggest thing the f- for the first... Truly, in my brain, I don't really count Batman and Robin in this regard. Even though, you know what? No, fuck it. I'll count it. Whatever. So, like, But this is the first time it feels like something great. But like, the first time in a long time ever, it seems like, on the big screen, we have a Batman that doesn't fucking kill anyone. <laughs> Listen to me. Everybody, like the Riddler... The only person that dies is not even dead because of batman he's shot by the riddler and that um other than that like every major villain the riddler penguin that we're introduced to guess what they live to the fucking credits and also also fun fact this is great too he doesn't use a fucking gun yeah. even the grapple even the grappling hook like is more of like a spear thing that comes out of his wrist which is practical by the way like robert patton said that it actually comes out you can actually like use it. Like obviously, right. I'm sure he can't like rope himself up a fucking like flight <laughs> of stairs. But the fact that it like it worked coming out of the suit is pretty fucking cool, right? But um, but it's just it was, I that was the one thing I really hoped. Like all the other things were like bonuses. Like I was hoping that for once we'd get a Batman that actually like maybe he he goes so far as to potentially kill them, but never crosses the line. Mm-hmm. And patents like, there's even a bit when um, he's going to the Iceberg Lounge and he's fighting all the goons just to, like, get to Penguin. And he throws a guy over a ledge, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. But then he jumps over the ledge, and it's, like, that far down. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, yes. <laughs>
0: Good. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. But also, his Bruce Wayne um, was great, I yes. thought. Because the other movies, I think I was thinking you just do, like, before the show. In the other movies, yeah, Batman is damaged. On a certain to a certain level, but it feels pretty good to be Batman or to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. And you really feel like this dude needs therapy. This, the, the, uh, you look he, at he him. Ha-
1: he he has no Leslie Tompkins yet. No,
0: no. And um, like, and uh, it's it makes you think of I think about Rorschach. You know, in in mm-hmm. Watchmen, where it's just like the mask is his is his face. Like He's that Batman. is that like that's who he really is. Bruce Wayne really is. A facade, but not a facade that he can really keep up very well. It's not like no. other superhero stories where I think about Zorro, where Zorro is like a fop when he is Diego de, Diego de la Vega like ow, oh, this is fatiguing. I'm I'm a little exhausted when he's Zorro, he's you know kicking ass and taking names. But this, he's just he's just like it's just keeping himself contained. like oh, I'm Batman, oh, but not <laughs> no I'm <too> sweet. Oh. <laughs> 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 it's it's literally just like
1: like you see. It, it, it feels like one of the few times you've actually seen the pain that, like, that is being, like, for him, for being, you know, Batman. Like, you know in what, that, in a sense... I, no, no go keep ahead, going, Ty. sorry,
0: I was, not. No, keep going.
1: Oh, I, was, I was, like, I was just saying, like, like, you see it in his eyes, like, like, clearly he's gotten to a point where he doesn't even care about being Bruce Wayne. No. You know, and that's, and that's kind of the crux of the story is that Alfred's telling him, like, look, listen, you know... You don't wanna you don't wanna go too down that road or you'll you'll have nothing left. You'll you won't be you anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you won't like Bruce Wayne matters just as much as Batman. Like and it's funny too, like obviously, you know, he never says I'm Batman in the movie. He says I'm vengeance. But even then, like that's such an important line because that's what he truly believes. He believes yeah. that every time he goes out and fights crime, he's in his brain, like preventing what happened to him from happening by by, you know, putting his revenge out there on other on other like low-level criminals, and not really thinking about what that like, like it's it's I guess what I'm saying is like he's he's using it in a very selfish way, yeah. Like he's not thinking about other people, which is also a very important uh, uh, metaphor. Uh, in the more progressive sense of this, which, I, I again, I live in a very conservative area, and so, like, I, did I tell you I had a guy walk out of the theater the other day? Because because Catwoman said white privilege?
0: You did tell me this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, listen, I'm sorry, guy, but, you know, it's what it is, you know, and it's appropriate for the story, like, you know, like, why, like, this dude who's, who's wealthy and using his wealth for more or less selfish gains, but... by the end of the movie he learns that you know he can use this thing that he's created to help people yeah and that's and that's what i found so beautiful and so enriching and important
0: about this movie but you know what i uh, what is another thing that i know you and other batman fans appreciate about this movie Mm -hmm. it's a detective story yes yes And that that just makes things (laughs) interesting because there's like a there's certain level of mystery to it because like in any other most other these superhero things you're expect you're just waiting for the action scene you're waiting for the action beats you're like okay when is Batman gonna punch somebody or something but in this it's like no it's it's Batman has to investigate stuff and you can't always accomplish that by beating somebody up
1: no like like people tend to forget that. And I think that's maybe part of the conversation with like people that have a little bit more disdain, like you know, why is Batman like blah blah blah, or like why is this or that? It's like because his superpower is his brain, you know. And I've said it, and I've said it to you before, like yeah, in many respects, like when he's at, when he's in you know the uh, the Hall of Justice with the Justice League, like yeah, he's the smartest guy in the room, but he's not always right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but like he's he is, but it, but he is in fact though the smartest guy in the room. And he didn't get that way because he's, you know, punching people in the face every single night. It's like he's he's trying to investigate. And he's 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 trying to be a detective, you know. Right. Similar to like Sherlock Holmes. He one of the monikers like with Cape Crusader, Dark Knight. He's also considered the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. And it, it's something that ha- like maybe outside of maybe the Dark Knight would kind of s- dabbled in it a little bit with him investigating and trying to get Joker while Joker was doing his thing. Ultimately, we've never really seen Batman do detective work on the big screen, or at least in live action form. Right, and so that that's something that has just been a craving for the longest time. Again, another box ticked. He's a detective, and like like, and it's not even like he's learning to be a detective. Like he's already smart. Like he's he's getting better at it. Like he's still like an amateur, but. You know, like he see like when that first crime scene when the the one like mayor candidate, mayoral candidate or former mayor or whatever gets killed by the Riddler, and they're going through all the crime scene stuff like like Batman's spotting shit in the crime scene that the that the investigators didn't even see. Right. So like like he and so it was, I appreciated it so much that it's like he's using his fucking brain. I, I apologize for making this more R-rated than normal. <laughs> it's just this movie finally does so much shit that I've been waiting for in this, in these, in all these movies.
0: Yeah, it feels and because like there are like some things I, I was thinking about this because know there are people who've wanted like their ideal Batman movie, right? Where right. it's Batman investigating stuff and checking all of those boxes he mentioned, but the difference here is it's not fan service. It's in Mm-mm. service of a really great story. Like it's stuff that I'm sure you've waited for. For a very long time, but it's it's not just stroking your your fan like your fan whatever. No, like, you're like this no, it's is not. stuff. This is because uh, like I said, like for me, I'm a, I'm gonna be a bit more. I don't want to say critical, but like I'm gonna be like okay, let's see what this is, and I'm like because yeah. you have to because I'm like we're doing another Batman. What are you gonna do this time? Sure enough, they do a lot different, and it's there's so much to this movie, and there's a lot I want to save for later because there's a lot of meat. Unpack, a lot of things to unpack with this movie. It's a three-hour movie, so there's particularly <laughs> with the white privilege comment too. Yes, um, <laughs> like uh like I said, Gotham aesthetically it looks like Gotham City. Like I felt like the closest in <sighs> live action in certain ways. I think about Batman Begins. I was had that orange look to it, mm-hmm. and it's it's a bit dirty. But this is like I feel like it's it's got some of the gothic elements. Like I think about um like where Bruce Wayne lives and it looks like a church like in some ways it looks like an it's old a cathedral, abandoned church. Yeah. Like that I thought was um really something. And I think about some of the buildings how they, that look like they're like spiky, like look like a like a comic book yes sort of yes. building which is like, pretty rad.
1: Uh, oh my god, dude like out like there's like obviously Gotham City's been interpreted so many different times. And you know, Nolan went for a more like like, normal kind of city look, which, you know, worked, especially, like, in, but I think in Begins, it was a little bit more sprawling, a little bit, like, especially with that first wide shot, when we're in yeah. Gotham. Um, it was more heightened. great. It's more, more heightened it's, it's, in, in that one. Yeah. Um, and then, like, with Burton, you know, obviously you got uh, the Academy Award winning Anton first, may rest in peace, and his design of Gotham City with that first movie, which is iconic as well. Of course. And it really kind of, you know, I think the way they described it, it's like, it looked like hell was growing out of the ground a little bit. And so, in, in, in many respects, with Matt Reeves' take, it... Oh, God. I need... I forgot to turn my vibrate right off. Shit. Um, but it just feels like, you know, with Matt Reeves' take, Burton and Nolan walked so that Matt Reeves could fucking sprint. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and and it's not... And it doesn't even just stop at, you know, aesthetics. Like, because obviously this is an amazing-looking Gotham City. But even just the, the, the world-building aspect of this movie... And how lived in Gotham looks like. You know, it looks dirty. It looks grimy. It's always raining. Always raining. It's funny. Like, my mom watched the movie and she sent me a text like, it's raining all the time in Gotham. And they didn't, get, they didn't give the penguin an umbrella. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, that's true. He didn't get one. Maybe he'll get one in the next one. But, like, and, like, the sun doesn't even come out to, like, the end of the movie, it feels like. Yeah. You know, like, I, I'm sure there's, I mean, obviously there's a lot more, like, scenes in the movie where it's, like, kind of... Uh, you know, end of day like like foggy. Uh, dusk, foggy, but um, no, it rains a lot, and it all adds to that aesthetic that he was aiming for—that like seventies, like taxi driver, sort of uh, you know, Chinatown, like noir aesthetic. That like, yeah, sure, you can say it's grounded, but it's dripping with style, mm-hmm. and it feels heightened to us. Like you, like you can't look at Gotham in this movie and think, oh, that that's like Jersey or that's like uh new york or chicago like no this is this is something different like, this, this is, is Gotham city. else this is gotham city and uh, just and even just like i love um even with like the narration which i love that they did that for like the bookend mm-hmm. is having robert pattinson narrate as batman and which is so appropriate too because in the comics like it's one of the few books where like there's just so much voiceover narration in the books because batman's always thinking Mm -hmm. he's always in his own head and that's always like because again he's a very paranoid person and he's very he's very much a person that even even after like he gets sidekicks and he starts the bat family like he still lives in his own head and in many respects he's kind of battling himself internally and you can see that even with this movie but um i love in those bits you see like the the extended shots of gotham city like i love the i love the moments when like the signals in the sky and you see the guys freak out and they turn around and like there's just a shadowed area and they're like f- like oh no 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 <laughs> no 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 like they're they're literally scared of the dark because of batman it's mm-hmm. so, like you you feel the presence of him and i
0: loved that so much uh, i rambled a lot <laughs> uh, we should also just mention uh what's his name Gr- greg frazier I believe this is Greg, Greg Frazier, who did the, the cinematography. Um, did the cinematography also for uh,
1: Dune. Dune, which is. And um, Mandalorian. Oh. And a lot of the I Star think. Wars. Show, like, they did the, the, the projection thing. That they right, that they yes. kicked off with Mando, they did it in this. There's actually like I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like a behind the scenes image of them uh, by the bat signal having those conversation seeds and
0: all that cityscape stuff is like projection. Does, the, stuff. does the stagecraft, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. the technology is called, that's pretty. I, I was hearing about that. That's pretty rad. Um, and you said that there was like a process, like they. I, I think you were tweeting this or somebody was that they convert that they shot. They did they shoot they shoot shot this digitally. They, they shot it, it digitally film?
1: and then they converted it to film. Yeah, I sent that to you
0: because they I think they did that with dune as well and it gives it a very distinct look um mm-hmm. which I which was um appreciated uh, let's talk about the score for a second because Batman has had <sighs> many many iconic themes I think this is my favorite because it combines it combines like like the the dramatic like you know comic bookiness of it but also making it like somewhat you know serious and like i think about that theme and i'm like it just it's batman it's immediately come across it comes across as batman
1: michael giacchino like with patrick stewart deserves an oscar like if yes. there's anything about this movie i think i mean i mean i know they're already like saying is this the first like oscar contender for like i don't know i haven't seen anything else this is still early in the year i'm not gonna it's it's start. march some people might forget about
0: it like that you gotta remember yeah. that with oscar voters but anyway
1: but uh, Michael Giacchino's score, I mean, he's he's been around for such a long time, and he's made so many great, iconic scores, you know, like, especially for Pixar. He's done a lot for Pixar. Um, he's done so many different movies. He's made a few of the MCU scores. I think he, I think he worked on the Spider-Man movies. Um, uh, Plan of the Apes with, with, of the with Apes. Matt, Matt Reeves, um, those movies. Coming back, with, coming back with Matt Reeves. Like, the man's been working from the get-go, and, but obviously, like, a lot of, like, the thing about Batman, too, is that, like, he has so many great Iconics like Dan- the Danny Elfman score is iconic. Um, the Shirley Walker one from the animated show and the massive Phantasm. Um, obviously, Hans Zimmer and the various different Batman scores he's done. <laughs> you know? Let's also
0: remember the Batman 66 theme.
1: Batman 66 theme is absolutely like uh, it's it's up there with like the, you know, Spider-Man one, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, yes. you know, da na 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 dun dun yes. And with this, like, obviously he had to fill some heavy, like, like he had, like, there's some boots that he had to fill with this one and they fit better than ever. Like that was like, like anytime the music came out, like everybody's theme is perfect too. Catwoman's theme, like the kind of twinkly sort of like, you know, femme fatale sort of score that, that he gave her is perfect. Um, Paul Dano's Riddler's score was perfect. Um, Obviously the Batman, which I was talking to John. And, uh, you know, our composer, uh, John Armstrong, um, who's actually, uh, when I told him we were doing this, he was like, another Batman theme! <laughs> <laughs> <You're right. laughs> so, um, but he, he's, he was messaging me a couple times about the music, and a lot of inspiration, which, you know, Matt Reeves seemed to have, even with Robert Pattinson's take, came from Nirvana.
2: Because,
1: mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the movie, the, the song Something in the Way by Nirvana plays twice, I believe. Yeah. And... Um, if you listen to like the bassline, it goes like dun 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 dun, dun, dun. and you listen to that, it sounds very similar to the Michael Giacchino Batman theme. And so, like Nirvana just happened to be this heavy inspiration for Batman, even down to the score, while mm-hmm. they were making the movie still. And so that I thought that was something that was pretty cool that they took um, aspects of that song and implied, and applied it to the to the theme. Oh, uh, man and and it, and it had like it added to that sort of 70s aesthetic that they were talking about too like it feels like a classic movie score in the best possible way
0: i also i want to mention the ca- this cast like there, we've talked about batman movies where we feel like okay this person might be a weak link or this mm-hmm. person there is no weak link in this movie everybody no everyone everybody everybody fits yeah. the bill perfectly they came to work and they did their jobs and they are all also phenomenal like a real a truly great ensemble of of obviously mo- some movie stars but also just great actors like just like, to, just throw to, to yes, a name out everybody. there. i forgot i forgot that john totoro was going to be in this movie
1: yes carmine valcone and like i and like if you grew up like us like you, you might know him more from his more comedic stuff with adam sandler like you know i mentioned anger management earlier he's in that and i think of him from that movie dude, dude um B- uh, big lebowski man He's a bit, yeah. Is Jesus? With Jesus. <laughs> don't fuck with Jesus. Um, but no, he's he's so good. Uh, I'm just like I'm just thinking about like the image of him because, like, I don't know. It's just I just so it's so good. And then um, Jeffrey Wright as our new iteration of Gordon. I love that he's like his Watson basically, and the the relationship they have is 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 incredible. Like it's and and two and it, what's nice about it too is that you know for the longest time we've never really seen a, a Gordon Batman relationship until Nolan took over and we were able to get one with uh Gary Oldman's version as well as Christian Bale um so it was nice with this one that you know we got that again but in in some, somewhat of a different way where they're at, they seem like friends like i i, I I'm sorry
0: i i no no. <laughs> no 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 but like they're friends but like because this is not an origin story Okay, because yes. he's been Batman for a while. We're just dropped into this, and they ha- they've they had a dynamic for a while. And Gordon just like, man. Like, that's the thing everybody's been talking about. <laughs> like, he just calls him, what's up, man?
1: Like, man. I, I even I even love the bit when they're talking about trusting each other, and he's like, you're the one wearing a mask. <laughs> like, it's just so casual, but he's like, I still trust you more than half the people I work with. One of my, one of my
0: favorite moments is where it's just like, we're, we're going to need a warrant to get in that place. And Batman's just like, yeah. yeah. And Batman's like, I don't need one. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> and then like, uh, you know, thumb the thumb drive, Th- thumb drive. <laughs> uh, like, like this, Gordon. Oh, that's so good. I don't. He can't sleep. Uh, obviously, Mm-mm. you're mentioning because of rain, Mm-mm. but like, there's so much going on in this city. How do you sleep? How do you find the time to do that? Gotham City is
1: so disjoint this just broken down. It's like, how does anyone find any sleep? I mean, Bruce Wayne's clearly an insomniac, so how's anyone else not? I think
0: about like Pat Hangel, and I'm like, he would not survive this Gotham City. <laughs> <at all. laughs> no! Poor Pat Hangel! Oh you, you your heart would break the moment you saw him show up, you're like, No! Let him go to bed. He needs the sleep. I'm just imagining Give him the wings! To, Sergeant O'Hara. Oh, what are doing there, Riddler? <laughs> I'm stab. going to get
2: Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Oh, where's
0: there, there, the red bat phone? <laughs> oh,
1: oh, Commissioner, I don't know if I can. I gotta quit. I'm sorry. I'm out.
0: <laughs> Later. Um, but but Jeffrey Wright is one of those actors. He like you just get excited in any movie that he's in. Like he was in the Hunger Games. And yeah. Like before before I was paying attention to him. Really, I'm like, oh, I love this dude. Like he's great. Right. <laughs> he's great he's great on westworld he was
1: great in um james bond he was in yes. the bond movies um and he's he's a fantastic uh gordon and i i cannot wait to see how that character progresses um zoe kravitz <sighs> listen like she again similar to every a lot of other people she had a lot of shoes to fill there's been a lot of iconic catwomen's so michelle many. pfeiffer uh julie newmar uh, Lee Mary all the Catwoman's on the sixties show Eartha a Kit should be, Eartha, be noted just Eartha Kit. We can mention the other noted. ones. <laughs> Earthha Kit for sure. Um and you know, you, uh, like like I knew, uh, we've had like, Halle Berry uh is a great actor who played Catwoman. I mean the movie's not the best, but you know, I think Halle Berry should still be worth noting. Um for sure. Uh Anne Hathaway uh in Dark Knight Rises. And so Zoe Kravitz had a lot of
0: shoes to fill, and damn. <laughs> she feels like i think she's one of the, the casting choice where it feels like a modern like like when i think about like the arkham games or any play like mm-hmm. any of the modern iterations of batman like i don't follow the comics but if i might like, i look at her and i'm like this feels like this feels like catwoman of like now
1: like and what's funny too is like when when gary oldman played gordon in the nolan movies like a lot of people cited how he looked a lot like how gordon looks in the comics like specifically batman year one which was a big inspiration for, like, every Batman movie, or at least any early-day Batman movie. And I feel like, like the version of Catwoman from that book is what helped inform Zoe Kravitz a little bit more. I think Zoe Kravitz brought a little bit more of that, maybe a little bit of Catwoman from Batman Hush, where they delve into the romantic aspect of Batman and Catwoman a lot more, or even, like, some of the recent stuff by Tom King and all the various artists that he worked with, um, uh, And, but especially, especially just from a visual standpoint, I think she looked a lot like that version of Catwoman and sort of that, like, you know, getting to become, because she's Selena Kyle when we first meet. she's not Catwoman yet.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, like this movie in a lot of respects feels like an origin story for the villains, which we've seen, we've seen that before in the other movies, but in a lot of ways that sort of takes over from the Batman story and in a lot of different installments, whereas this time it doesn't it's part of the world building. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing the progression of these characters with the existence of Batman and how Batman, cause that's always been the biggest thing too, is that Batman informs and like inspires all these villains, which we'll talk about uh, with the Riddler who didn't do anything at all until Batman existed because Batman was his inspiration to do what he did. But to go back to to Zoe, like she's so good. Like, like it's, it's so different than all the other versions but it's it's so good like i even love i love um just like the movements the backstory uh absolutely incredible and but then going back to riddler paul dano what why hasn't he played a batman villain before
0: i feel like um paul dano is one of those actors who could probably play just about any batman villain like
1: like it's how could he not Mm-hmm. He's so good. And and with this version like obviously there was a lot of talk about the inspiration for this like you know the the zodiac killer stuff and um I mean and they go pretty on the nose with it with it which is fine you know like even the cipher stuff or uh how the the question mark logo looks like a gun sh- like a guns like a sight on a gun which is mm-hmm. very similar to the zodiac. Um but this version like it doesn't compromise the characterization of the riddler at all no and 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 even informs like because like again the riddler is very much a narcissist and that's very much present in this like even the fact that in the modern context like he would be a streamer with fucking 500 followers that's more than we have (laughs) 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 what the hell we actually hit 300 on instagram the other day so thank you
0: for anyone that follows us but uh, uh, I, i one of my favorite things like little details looking at the comments Yes. Like, don't, yeah, forget the, the cling, don't forget the cling. forget the cling wrap. I there was someone on Letterbox
1: that that took one of the screen names and said, "I wonder if they made like a fan edit for for the Riddler." Oh god. Oh my god. Uh, and I, even, I is, like, "Yeah." I I love that there was. Sorry, I don't mean to. No, 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 no. It's okay. I like that there was the uh, like the Patreon wall block so they got the password or whatever, and, over, and it's just him going, "Hey guys. <laughs> Yes It's your boy The Middler He doesn't say that But I'm just
0: saying Like it's basically That feel it's Like it's, what's it's, up guys Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it, was, it was kind of hysterical But like perfect
0: He was appropriately <laughs> scary In a way that I, I didn't think We could ever get again With a Batman villain Because the last oh, time no, I had no. been appropriately scared Was Heath Ledger's Joker That opening
1: know? scene Oof. Oh that That scared the shit out of me When like He's watching the TV And he walks away And he's just standing
0: Right there Yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: he, but he's
0: just the, oh
1: man well you know what we have to mention though your boy <sighs> we gotta mention your
0: boy listen us uh, one of the best of the movie by far listen colin farrell is a terrific actor he is one of the best actors who has not yet been nominated for an oscar um, Academy changed this with this movie because, listen, <laughs> he, he, you gave an Oscar to, to Joaquin Phoenix for playing the Joker. Listen, you can surely get five Oscars uh, <laughs> to Colin Farrell for playing this. Listen, no, no, no. He is, the makeup, the makeup team behind this is astonishing. Let's let's wow. just add that as well. They made him completely unrecognizable to the point where he just looks like a character actor that you've seen it, you, you're like, I remember him from somewhere, but no, you you only, it's Colin Farrell. He is, fantastic listen and he what's his face in uh he was what's his face in Daredevil uh uh, uh bull'seye bullseye and like listen it's a stupid movie and it's stupid <laughs> but he is so, he, he puts 110 percent of himself in that he you know, uh,
1: I, I was saying, it's just funny
0: too to think that he was a Daredevil and he fought Batman in that one <laughs> yeah you're not wrong <laughs> yeah but he is listen like he feels appropriate for this Gotham City. But he also feels like the most levity we get in this movie, because he, it's like a weird hybrid of like, okay, he's he's obviously like a serious gangster type, but he's also just so cartoony with his voice. <laughs> and I think about where he's in the handcuffs and he's like waddling.
1: Oh, that was my favorite part. That was it's so...
0: Like, Are oh, you going to
1: just leave me here? <laughs> Is it because I said something about the Spanish? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and just like him him criticizing uh Gordon and Batman's Spanish. <laughs> One of world's the world's greatest detectives. <laughs> you don't know the difference between La and El. <laughs> and it's like this hard boiled gangster like sees the picture of like the vote of the victors like, ah, I didn't want to see this. <laughs> ah,
2: come on. Come on.
0: Come on. <laughs> and listen, this is my hot take. This is my hot take. Okay. Give it Colin Farrell can not only play this version of the penguin. He could also play the Tim Burton version and the Birds there to the penguin. I agree. He I could, agree. I do. Like he could and it, he is like the just the right amount of like silliness but also he's like okay this is like a character who could exist in this world and just oh boy god he I can't say enough things, like, it's probably my personal favorite thing in the movie, because every time he's on screen, I just can't, when he has, like, the shit talk with, like, John Deter with Falcone, when Falcone's <laughs> getting arrested, <laughs> you rat!
1: <laughs> oh, and, and he's a part of the best, like, action scene in the whole movie.
0: Yes, so obviously in the trailers, there's that car chase, <sighs> it's like, I got you! <laughs> it's so good and it's practical it's it's an amazing uh truly an amazing car chase sequence and uh the the batmobiles earned its place the battinson batmobile is really cool but i also loved it because it kind of looks like it looks like uh like you took the red stuff off the 66 mobile to a certain extent (laughs) like the red decals and all that um, like it, it's so tense. Um, I was thinking about um, you mentioned like '70s movies. i was thinking about one of my favorites, French Connection, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you've watched the like the car chase in that movie where it is uh, like even out of context. It's just, you're just on the like the Gene Hackman like car chase where he's he's chasing the train. He's chasing the, this like this elevated train, and it's such an intense sequence. And this one is appropriately edgy. Or I saw this in Dolby, and it was just like the the you could feel the the. Vroom. On your <laughs> just oh my god it was so <sighs> good and you know what it should be
1: noted too before we get because there's one more actor i think we have yes we have to talk we, about, we but, have um to. yeah mm-hmm. but um i it's i think it's important to note that matt reeves when he was making this like yeah he wanted it to be somewhat grounded but he didn't forget two things a he's making a, a comic book movie yeah and b iconography is important yes so like like whenever the Batmobile shows up, like it's not just like, you know, it's just not just like rolling in or something or it's not like, you know, anything like you. It's in the it's in the shadows and you just see and then you see the lights flashing off of it and the the fire and everything spitting off of it. And you're like, yes. Or even like when Batman just walks out of the shadows, it's like, a proper he entrance. Does, he does not forget. And I wholeheartedly appreciate that. But I, um, we have to talk about one more actor real quick here. Andy Serkis, Caesar himself, mm-hmm. um, returns with Matt Reeves this time to play a, the latest iteration of Alfred. And the dynamic here, like, is is a little bit different than what we've seen. There's a little bit more animosity between Bruce and Alfred than this one, because in the past few, like like with Michael Goff, he was very much more of like a uh, a caregiver towards Bruce. Not that any of the other ones weren't, but, like, he was very, like there to like give him advice and guidance be like a father figure as Alfred does um, and then with uh Michael Kane Michael Kane's interpretation um he, there is some animosity but ultimately it's not it's not just like a father something but it's also kind of like a brotherhood sort of thing between the two of them is what it right. felt like um and we didn't and we didn't get to really explore the Jeremy Irons um, Ben Affleck interpretations but
0: you know what i do want to bring up with that um jeremy irons is a great alfred by the way he is a very great Alfred. he didn't didn't get to do much but like i remember somebody's review say he's so almost like a retainer for like an old household kind of Mm -hmm. thing like it's just like a knights knights and like you know sword kind of thing you know and i and i think that's very true like he's trying to preserve the like the wayne which is kind of true of this one as well, like he, th- he's like still like. Listen, you got to keep up appearances. You got let me. You you can use these cufflinks, man. Yes, here's my cufflinks. It's it's got the it's got the logo
1: on it. You you need you need to be a Wayne every now and then. Sorry,
0: Alfred's all about that brand recognition, man.
1: <laughs> he's a he's a marketing guy. Yes, <laughs> but um, that like the 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 relationship is very much like. Sort of the, the, the classic father, teenage, son kind of like you know, obviously Bruce went through a very tragic incident where he lost his parents. And so he's become very distant from Alfred and to the point where like he tells him like the like that classic line, like, You're not my father. Yeah, like like he actually he looks at Alfred and tells him to his face, like you're not my father. And and and, in, and not like in like a typical stereotypical movie kind of way where the guy where the father figure just kinda of looks down and is just sad. And like, accepts it. It's like he's been told this like eight times. (laughs) Like, he's like, I'm well aware. (laughs) But he's, but he's still like, it's almost like he's helping a drug addict a little bit. You know what I mean? Because, because Bruce has become so enamored with the Batman and to the point where he completely forgets about being Bruce Wayne. And so now Alfred's like, you know, just like, I'll take the hateful, spiteful things that I know you don't mean because, you know, I love you. You love, like, we're still family. But at the same time, you know, I like I'll take whatever you give me, but I'm still gonna take care of you. Go get a fucking shower. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're about to eat breakfast. Come on, get dressed. Let's go. And so you you really feel for Alfred. Not that you haven't before, but you really feel for him in this one. And there was there was a moment in this movie that if if it went a different way, Joey would have hated it. I would have walked out of the theater and would
0: not have seen the rest of this masterful <laughs> like, movie. This this is done. And that this was there's. Like <laughs> you, I'll let you tell it. I'll let you tell this one. They almost killed Alfred.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like I, I, like
0: I really hope Allison didn't make it this far without seeing the movie because, man, like, and I was I would have been pissed off too because they didn't at up to that point there were a few scenes with Alfred, and it was just kind of interesting that he wasn't as prominent in this movie because obviously there's a hmm. lot going on even for a three hour movie he wasn't hmm. like the most prominent like I feel like we got more of Falcone to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I have a problem with seeing John Turturro; he's amazing. No, no, he's amazing. but but Andy Serkis is one of my favorite actors, as we all know. I'm a huge Planet of the Apes fan. I love him as Gollum. I love him as love them as King Kong. Um, I loved um, Ulysses Claw, of course, in Black yeah. Panther, and uh, I love them in the Prestige. Uh, Snoke is great. Uh, screw anybody who doesn't think that Snoke is
1: awesome. I'm sorry. Deal with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> The at, Last Jedi,
0: <laughs> just, and listen, the Andy Serkis, I cried both times at the hospital scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get into too much about like his his near death experience. Just the the shot of like <sighs> it has already happened, and you see the smoke from like the tower, and I'm just like yeah. no. Um, but <sighs> but the hospital scene where you know he's talking like talking about like you needed a real father, Bruce, and it hits that hits hard, hard for me. Uh, somebody lost their dad at a young age, and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" And I cried harder the second time, and I'm just and that doesn't usually happen, but I'm like, "Man, nice. this is this is this is this is where I know this relationship is really working." And I'm like, "This is an Al, this is an Alfred. It seals the deal." And yeah, uh, um, also I need to say this because this is my trademark: Alfred's feelings matter. <laughs> but, <laughs> Alfred matters. Hashtag Alfred. Alfred matters. But it's also a great scene because. You know, and a lot of, like, there is some animosity here and there. There's some bumps in the road in the other Alfred relationships, but usually it's a pretty warm and loving relationship. Yes. Kind of thing. Whereas I, I feel like, you know, he really is, he's like a, a like a caretaker where he's taught Bruce how to fight, how to fend for himself, but not the kinds of things that you would want a dad to show you. Like, like yeah. you know, that masculine figure in your life to show you, um, which gets me. Into, because I don't think there's too many other cast members we really want to... I think
1: that's... We've covered the bases, but again, everybody in this movie is... Everybody is is great. Is outstanding. But it
0: gets me... This gets me to my thing with this movie and why I loved it so much. So Batman is one of those characters. He's such a popular character, but everybody Mm -hmm. has hot takes on the character, right? And I'm sure you're exhausted from them you being a Batman fan, because you're so familiar with the source material, things like (laughs) Batman should throw more of his money at problems. Batman just beating up the mentally ill. Batman is just so pro cop, dude, what? Um, (laughs) All of it. I'll
1: I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably get a little bit more
0: into it later, but yeah, it's, it's it's just so much. But this movie, I feel like is one of those one only ones where, I mean, they, they toy with it in the other movies. Like there's little sprinkles of it here and there. This is a movie where I feel like it's akin to The Last Jedi, where it's, it's not a movie that hates Luke Skywalker, hates Batman. No, it's, it's just addressing things about a given franchise, you know, and this movie really does that. Like Bruce Wayne, yes, is upsetting that he lost his father, but is it really more upset? Is he really an orphan? Like as, as the Riddler poses the question, because yeah. the Riddler had such a, tr- had you know, didn't have his parents but he didn't have like a fancy castle or you know he didn't an have an alfred no he didn't have an alfred he couldn't he couldn't become the batman and you know like that or um you know or just like the way gotham is is just like oh god you know and they addressed the <laughs> what the renewal fund's been used for after the death of thomas yeah Wayne. they addressed the that. The, and they also yeah, the,
2: mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead.
0: The, like they address that the the money because it doesn't really have that much supervision, they're able to use it for bribes and corruption and it's like listen, like Batman, Bruce Wayne is rich, but it it takes it takes a village uh to help these things out basically. Mm-hmm. But also because what is Batman's famous thing in the animated series? What does he say? I am vengeance. I am the night. I am knight. the night. I I am am. a marketable toy. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but but he says, I am vengeance. But then when people like Catwoman and Riddler say it and he's like, wait a minute, well, that's not what I meant. No, wait, 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 is that, wait, is that what they're getting from vengeance? Wait, is that, is vengeance really the way I want to go with this? No, no, it's not. No, (laughs) It's like, oh wait, shit. I, I, Batman's like screwed up here. Cause he's just like, oh man, the people that are inspired by me are now taking this tool a whole different level that I never intended for, where it's like, or, or like, I love that Catwoman just calls him. It, She's like, oh, "Come on, vengeance!" And so, yeah, it's <laughs> it's like it's like, like a silly thing. Like, come on, vengeance. It's just like, ooh, you know, like because you just I,
1: I, you gotta like you gotta remember too. Like with Batman is that first and foremost he went into this like headfirst. To be like Bruce Wayne, just jumped right into it to be Batman. Mm-hmm. This, like, yeah, he might have planned it out a little bit, and obviously, yes. you know, trial and error, but not to the extent that he understood what his actions would, you know, inspire. You know, we t- like right. in the in the Nolan films, they talk about escalation. Like, obviously, I think this movie deals with that as well. Is that idea of like, you know, what does one's actions do later on? And so, because of that, like you know, I think people tend to forget that it's like Batman doesn't prepare for like he prepares for things, but doesn't prepare for everything because mm-hmm. he's just going through this. He's going through this path. He's going on this journey of being this character and learning like what's the best way to, 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 to be Batman. And at first, when we first meet him, I was mentioning this earlier is that he, he wants to right the wrongs that happened to him. Selfish admittedly, and, like, yeah, you know, he's fighting crimes and he's saving people, but, like, in that first scene when he when he beats up all those thugs, like, even the guy that he's saving is like, don't hurt me. hmm You know, he's terrified of him, so, like, and he notices that, too, so, like, he's like, the fear that I'm instilling is, is, is sort of leaking out into people that I'm trying to help and trying right. to save, but he doesn't think of that outright. Like, he's just, like, a moment, but then he just, like, moves on and just, like, this is the mission. This is what I have to do. Um, yeah so then as the movie progresses it's kind of like i think people have described it as something like a coming of age story a little bit mm-hmm. it's like he's learning that like i love i love the bit in the the end of the movie when they're in gotham square garden <laughs> so. and uh and um it's gotham is flooded um in a moment that i believe was taken from zero year which is a riddler story um and uh that scaffolding falls on to all those people, including that kid that is, we've seen throughout the movie. He's kind of the, the 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 metaphorical representation of Batman that he just lost his father to the Riddler. Um, because, mm-hmm. you can argue, because of an inspiration from Batman. And so, like, he saves this kid's life and all these other people's lives. Instead of just immediately just focusing on getting the Riddler or doing this or doing that, he saves these people's lives. And I Mm -hmm. love the bit at the end of the movie when he's on the roof and he like he's like carrying that person to, you know, get helicoptered off to safety. And that's when he's like, this is what like hope. (laughs) Yes. Hope. And it's just it was such a beautiful moment to, to kind of cap the movie off with. And then it just shows that he's progressed and he's become that hero that we've been waiting for like he's cuz he's not a hero when we meet him he's a vigilante then he becomes a hero.
0: Yeah. Yes. Now I and, loved so much of that third act like was mm-hmm. so beautiful especially when he is saving those people and just I love that shot of him leading everybody out of the water that, you know um that's great and it just it it's a nice little arc for him in the movie mm-hmm. like too and they that that is conveyed so beautifully through visual um, storytelling you were saying you were continuing sorry
1: well i was just gonna say i think it works in the metaphorical sense of like rich people in general yeah like i think of elon musk not to compare batman to elon musk but you know i'm just gonna do it anyway (laughs) um but like elon musk he may he's he's one of the richest people in the world i think he is he is he the richest person in the world he's up there Uh, effectively somewhere up there i don't know or it's bezos one of those too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, obviously he has Tesla and he makes electric cars and he does all this stuff and yeah, you could argue maybe he's doing some things for the environment but mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a yeah. struggle to like in a, and you say that with a lot of rich people. Like they they do all these things that people like us can't do and yet they have the means to do better, to be better. And in a metaphorical sense, you can look at that with Batman and this version of Batman. Where he starts off very selfish, very much like he's thinking he's trying, he, he's thinking he's helping the world, but he's really trying to like um, mend something in himself that was broken when his parents were killed without realizing that, you know, yeah, he's used all these resources and everything in his power to become Batman, but how can you actually use that to better other people's lives that don't have the same financial privilege that you do? And mm-hmm. I think I think it's well addressed in this movie, like you know, and it's, it's just in that metaphorical sense with him being Batman as sort of the like, let's say, electric car, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So, but again, it also plays on that that whole fantasy thing where it's like, I don't think that's ever going to happen in real life, but it's nice that it happened for Batman. <laughs> but also, I think about white privilege. The, yeah. uh, the <laughs> That made a guy walk out of a theater. It's like, jeez Louise. I, 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 I don't Oof.
0: know that, that, that does, but I, but go rap, like I, I'm trying to, there's so much with this movie, but like go, going back to the other movie, like both of these movies, I think are great versions of the characters that they are adapting. Yeah, Obviously uh, made by two masterclass filmmakers. I mean, you James Mangold, our first feature and then Matt Reeves um, appearing on our, this uh, film appearing on our podcast once again. Yes. Um, we've officially labeled
1: Matt Greaves as the first person uh, to be f- to be uh, anointed into our two dudes Venn diagram. Yes. Um, where in the middle of that Venn diagram, we put all the movies that both Joey and I like consider our like personal like favorites and like like stuff that he and I both connect with so much. And because Matt Reeves not only made an incredible couple of incredible apes movies, but also now he's made an incredible Batman movie. Like it just it perfectly fits in there, like, yes. Um, and you can tell like, I think Gifford was saying this to me a while ago, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna amend it a little bit because I I think uh I think it's better phrasing this way, but you know he was initially telling me this is the first time he felt that this was a Batman movie made by a Batman fan, and mm-hmm. I said well, um. I, I can agree. I def, especially after seeing it, I very much agree with it. But I would change it in that I think everyone that's made a Batman film is a Batman fan, maybe. But I don't think any of them are really Batman nerds, if that makes any sense. Or like had like a steep, like a deep knowledge of the lore and everything. It's like Burton famously never said he'd never read a comic before making a Batman movie. Nolan had to get David Goyer to come in as the Batman, the comics expert, to help write the stories. Um, I can't speak for Joel Schumacher. I don't know what his connection with Batman was. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, Snyder, you know, read, read the comics, but obviously had his own agenda and his own interpretations with the character. Um, but with this one, it, it genuinely does feel like, you know, especially just from interviews and just from watching the movie itself, Matt Reeves is clearly a fan. Like, or clearly a, a Batman nerd, actually, I think is better. It's like even down to like the, some of the details and and just all the different things that he puts in the movie and, and the care in the narrative and the characterizations, you know, like he co-wrote the screenplay al- along with directing the whole movie. So, like, clearly, he had an idea and a vision and and and, a, and an approach that both was fresh, but also completely unique because it wasn't. It didn't like watching this movie feels so different from watching any other Batman movie in my brain. And yeah. I I, t- I I I
0: applaud Matt Reeves, like, like thank you it almost feels like, uh, makes me think of like, not in the same way because of like, you know, the the older X-Men movies that are directed by, you know, potentially problematic people. Mm. Like it almost feels hard to go back to some of those Batman movies in a sense. Um, like there's definitely things that you can enjoy them. I love Batman begins. I love the 66, the 66 movie I think is, I think is equal to this movie in the sense that they feel like great adaptations of the comics from different eras. Yeah. Like, the 66 captures that mood and that moment so perfectly. And then this, um, the Batman, captures what it's going for so perfectly. Um, I also wanted to mention that that scene. There's that one scene in this movie. We didn't talk about it. It is the one negative. I, I, it's a well-done scene. Okay? I want to add that. The <laughs> acting is good. The editing is is good. You can just well, say well, what it so is. Much. We're going to spoil it. Um, well, I just wanted, I want to say some good things.
1: Um, okay, okay, fair, fair, fair. Uh,
0: the, the, I, who, who's the guy that plays ba- the Joker? Ba- in this, I think his uh, I think his name is Barry Keonan
1: I think is how you pronounce his name.
0: Kionan. Ke- 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 he is Keonin. fantastic. He's very um, good. He's he's really good. This scene should have been an after credit scene because <laughs> this movie was really winning me because I'm like, oh boy, a self contained Batman story. I sound like the Penguin now. Sweet, <laughs>
2: this is perfect. This is but what I wanted. Of-
0: whoa, whoa, whoa hey i didn't want this <laughs> it should have been an after credit scene but apparently matt reeves had a different version of that scene he has mind. two scenes to, like which some of those like i'm not I, I don't not that i wanted to see the joker in this movie but like uh, they did sound like good scenes admittedly and yeah. this was a good scene too it's just i just didn't like where it was because i was That's like fair. really into the rest of the story I guess it's a fitting enough thing for the for the Riddler character. Whatever point being, that was like the my one weird blemish with this movie. But <laughs> that that's that's neither here nor there. It's a great movie. Like it's um, it's, a, also, it's a great movie. I wanted to ask this too because um because obviously you know people watch this and go wow amazing ooh ah as a Batman fan if somebody mm-hmm. was coming into this and they're like wow I want to read some comics now what are some comic runs that you and or graphic novels that you would recommend if somebody really enjoyed this movie.
1: This specific one, um, man. Like I would, I would. I mean, obviously, you know, you see in a lot of advertisements they push for books like *Log Halloween*, which is, I think, vibe-wise and you know, narrative-wise, a perfect, uh, a perfect pairing because it is a detective story first and foremost. It's very somber. It's very slow-paced. Um, you have Batman. It's and and, and it's like this story, it's it's sort of the be, it's sort of an origin story for Gotham City and how Gotham City mm-hmm. becomes what we know what it to be. Um, and it's set in those early years as well, and, and it has all the different characters. Um, it was a book that was also a heavy inspiration, especially with the two face aspect of the Dark Knight. Um, year one uh, is is definitely a little bit on there. Uh, Batman Ego gets mentioned a lot by written and drawn by uh, Darwin Cook. Uh, may he rest in peace. He's an icon. I'd also throw in Batman Hush, which mm. it, like that is I call that book the um, gateway drug to Batman comics, because it it's it's like a summer blockbuster, but it's also a mystery. Um, it's by the same writer who did Long Halloween, but also Jim Lee, who is a very iconic illustrator on both X-Men and Batman, should be noted. Yes. Um, yes. And he's also, I think he's the head of DC Comics right now, uh, but I, I do consider it like kind of like a, especially in a modern, sec, modern context, like a, a gateway into Batman comics, so it has everything you would want in a Batman comic. Um, mm. Zero Year. So- By Scott Snyder and Greg Hmm. Capullo, uh, is a Riddler story as well, Um, and a lot of the a couple of things like uh, from this movie were used in Zero Year, like the flooding of Gotham City. So a lot of Riddler, a lot of different Riddler books, I think would be a good way, a good place to start. Um, But I do want to say one thing, Um, and this is I don't know if I really talked about this, but I I do want to say I want to say thank you to you because you you do too because um and i know we're not entirely done talk because like i I do want to talk about the other two batman movies later on but so like for the longest time you know because of toxic like like sickly toxic batman fans just annoying as fuck especially like from when nolan was making batman movies um and you know fans that just have disdain because of those toxic fans or the overuse of Batman like I know like our friendship like I was telling you this before um when I after I saw the movie I was like you were probably the last person I was going to talk to because I, I know like you're not like really all that into- like I know you like some things Batman related but I know like especially early on like you had maybe a little bit more of a disdain for the character in some instances like I still remember in my brain the conversation like i think it was me you and and another friend of ours i think it was michelle on a skype call and you got and michelle was talking about like why doesn't batman have a therapist and you were like kind of yeah and then i'm over here just sitting quiet going he does (laughs) 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 or or like 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 people that call him flying squirrel man or whatever which i'm just like i'm done with that now (laughs) it's like everybody says it no, like you like I I think you probably could read that too because like you called him L Flying Scroll Man before you saw this one and I was like oh he's Spanish now <laughs> okay which is even funnier now given that his Spanish is terrible in the movie yes <laughs> <laughs> but but the point is like because of all these different factors like with you know Batman just being pushed so hard by Warner Bros DC toxic Batman fans people just like it just became so unappealing and almost dead to me even if someone wanted to like actively talk about batman with me and like have a nice conversation about the character like it i couldn't do it because it just kept thinking about all that and it just wasn't fun anymore to talk about something that i care i think of the world of and i want to thank you because first off you're a very open-minded person and that helps many conversations but also, like with with just doing the show, and like again, I was sharing all the Batman episodes. Say for one, I was sharing all the Batman episodes um, that we did before, and I was thinking about I was like these are some of the best episodes we've ever done. <laughs> like like <laughs> yeah. like a lot of the Batman episodes are fantastic, and for different reasons. Like, and what I what makes me so happy isn't that like maybe you found something you liked, or isn't because you you know you, it's just that. You made me want to talk about Batman again. Like, even just with this, like, you said you had an active interest to want to talk about this and do an episode on it. And you made, like, I thought that was dead. I thought that was gone a long time ago. But you actually made me want to talk about something I love again. And I I wholeheartedly appreciate that. So, so thank you. (laughs) Like, genuinely, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it.
0: Damn, that's... (sighs) Wow, that's like one of the most emotional parts of the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's 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 stupid in a weird way because I'm like, I want to talk about fictional character, but it's just so weird because I've wanted to do it and and I can't because it's just it stopped being fun because of every fucking factor in play. But it's just nice that we've done all these episodes and every single time I've had so much fun going back and like talking about things, good things, bad things, everything. And having just a good, legitimate conversation about something that I care about, and I haven't been able to do that for years because of all this bullshit, because of just stopping fun. So I I do
0: appreciate that wholeheartedly. I'm glad it could help uh, in that avenue. (laughs) I mean, it is is legitimately interesting to talk about because there are so many different Batman flavors out there. That you, that you can try, and there's so many great conversations that are, like, uh, the, and the, you're right, those are our, some of our best episodes easily. Like, I always yeah. say this, like, the Superman-Batman episode really, truthfully, is the first two dudes. Like, there were two other episodes, but those were pre-gamers. That was the one, I feel like, that set the tone for the show, whether yes. you like the show or not. Um, maybe if you really didn't like this, like, oh, like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, but really, it's no, always no, great no. because I think that that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's always easy just to sit uh, for me, like easy, just to t- oh talk about things, you know, that you like, but it's like really another thing to be like, oh okay. I'm talking with you, who's obviously a, a big Batman expert. And I'm just like, spewing my my either terrible hot takes <laughs> or like ooh i got some spicy insight <laughs> <laughs> as a as some as a uh, as an amateur <laughs> you know um so uh, that, that that's that's a lot of fun um and uh, it, it's definitely been a fun and it, it's represented the show because it's it, i enjoy doing this show and i'm yeah. glad we we fast-tracked this episode in particular i agree
1: and, like, you can even yeah. apply that to just movies in general because of just how often people, like, do X, Y, and Z or, like, you know, like, the whole cinema thing with Martin Scorsese. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, like who? Like, seriously. Like, he's he, he has his preferences, and it's not like he's entirely wrong. I mean, there is theme park shit based off of these characters. I mean, there's a whole Marvel land at Universal Studios. I mean, like, how, like, I don't know. I'm sorry, Martin Scorsese, you know, had a comment and it pissed people off. Fucking hell. I don't know. But it's just.
0: Just. Just just have fun with this stuff, guys. It's it's just. What happened to fun? It it could be. You could be passionate. It's fine. You know, I mean, I feel like we we try to do every every time we, you know, set forth in front of our microphones. But, you know, it's another thing entirely to just everything that goes on the Internet. The Internet is a mistake um for a long time <laughs> yeah. yeah it's what we're trying to say but no um i think with both of these movies if you don't mind me going back to the the subject at hand yes, yes please, again please. i think there's a lot to be talked talked about with the characterizations of these guys and all that but i also think about dads with both of these movies because logan in this much logan in the in in logan is a very flawed father figure he is a Terrible, like dad figure. He is yeah. yelling. He is killing people. He is cursing up a storm, telling and, you your comic books
1: are are ice cream for bedwetters.
0: You know, but but it also just goes to show, like, like fatherhood can be a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. when you have that, like, love, like being loved, fe- loving someone else, you know, in that way can be really be a beautiful thing. But also, I think about, um, I think about the Batman that's the hospital scene really got to me because it's just like. You know, I didn't know my dad very well. So there's all, there's like, I think about that scene where he talks to Falcone. Falcone knows his dad better than he ever will. Yes. And there's yeah, like, something that I, because I, I, knowing that firsthand, there's something so tragic about that.
1: Like learning, learning your dad had him like, isn't perfect in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. about
0: that sometimes because like, you know, you hear from people, like, you know, talk to people, oh, he was a great guy. And I'm sure he was, but it's like, you think about it and you're like, you can never really fully know you know and like you're you're like oh why am i doing this this is all for him and alfred's like no you should still be doing that you know he was a good he was a good guy it wasn't perfect
1: like, he he made he made one mistake and he call and he tried to write it and unfortunately it got him what it got him killed but he tried yeah. to be
0: continuously good you know and so i think that's for for me personally these movies is like just watching stuff like dad stuff just gets me you know mm-hmm. and Especially that hospital scene the like really just sums that up Chef's Kiss perfectly. Um, you know, and it's just really good like I, like, you know, obviously I talk about it a lot, but it's like uncovers things that I didn't think about feeling, you know, before. So I'm really appreciative for Matt Reeves, um, for James Mangle, they're all their production teams, you know, they really um like I said, it takes a village to make these movies, and it really it was a truly Espe-
1: Espe- especially you know in the case of the batman making the movie through covid and you know it was supposed to come out in 2020 and yeah. you know or at least 20 like it was supposed to come out and then you know obviously you know robert pattinson got covid i mean fucking matt reeves got covid so he couldn't go to his own premiere like <sighs> i know like it's, how it's how tragic awful. is that i mean you you feel so like he made he's been working on this movie for three years meticulously editing it and and going crazy on it. like to the point where zoe kravitz and everybody were like Matt Reeves needs to take a break, <laughs> like, <laughs> he, like just like have a drink, calm down, watch a movie or something, just chill. But like, no, he was right. working so like passionately, meticulously on this one, and it just sucks that he couldn't go to his own premiere because he got COVID.
0: Yeah, it's it it's a, the, that stings. Um, no, but is it's, it's I think it's, both of these are great movies. Like full stop. Not just like okay, this is a fun time. These are just legitimately great. Some of the best movies from the last couple of years, I feel. Um, from the last, like, half decade, you know, mm-hmm. in film. Um, and I think, uh, like, like I said, again, it takes a... Like, I was listening to James Mangold's commentary track, and, you know, the wall of credits that we all sit through, most people sit through them to get to some type of juicy after credit scene. And he, and he says never paid attention. Like, Listen, I want you to... He's like, I want you to, to sit here. There's no scene at the end. But take a look at the list of all these names that... Really worked their asses off to bring this, and you yeah. could not. And th- as much as we give credit to directors, which they're a big part of it, of course, mm-hmm. it's really a team effort. Um, as this this podcast. And on that note, I do want to go shout out to a friend of ours and a
1: listener who is one of those people on credits list who's who's been working on a lot of different shows for the CW. He's currently working on another show right now. Our friend Chris Olivier is one of those people. Um, who you see in those credits. So shout out to him as well, specifically,
0: you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to Chris. Um, great guy. Um, and of course, you know, works hard. We know that for, for oh, a yeah. fact <sighs> folks, folks, what are some of your more ma- favorite, mature superhero movies? What's your favorite X-Men movie? What's your favorite Batman story? We probably asked the Batman. Qu- it's always good to ask somebody what's your favorite Batman movie. Yeah. Cause it could what, change. It, it could change.
1: Like, like tomorrow it could be, you know, uh, Adam West the next day. It could be, uh, Val Kilmer. Why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, all that stuff. Uh, we're Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, not on MySpace Cause we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: screw Tom.
2: <laughs>
0: no, uh, that, that, <laughs> oh, Tom, uh, that is, that is not us. We each have letterbox, um, mm-hmm. which is fun and uh you can check us check our like our individual movie thoughts because sometimes while we are watching things for the show we are watching other things like we indicated we're watching west side story i was watching drive my drive my car all that stuff folks so uh scream yes of course thank you for mentioning i I was forgetting what you were watching i'm glad you (laughs) chimed in and helped me out gotcha (laughs) thank you for the assist anyway that's gonna wrap it up for (laughs) that's gonna wrap it up for this week of two dudes wonderful feature next time in two weeks check out our 80th freaking episode stay tuned have
1: a good night everyone Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And of course, stay tuned in two weeks for a brand new episode of Two Dudes One Double Feature.